time for some history, dog. Back in. Browsing history. Welcome back. Just got me, Sam, this week. And Ross. How you doing, Ross? Hello. Not too bad. A little bit jet-lagged. Yeah, you just come back from a fucking swifty little Christmas break. Nice, nice little Barbados break. Ooh. It was uh, kind of weird sitting out on the beach listening to Christmas songs, eh? Yeah, I bet. <laughs> in the heat and that, yeah. and sand. That would freak me out. It was that nice little December morning in the sun. Yeah. Never had that before. That's why Aussies get it every year, Yeah, they? that's why they're all a little bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're confused as fuck, bro. <laughs> Christmas comes around, they're watching Christmas movies with snow, and that's they're like, it. what the fuck's going on? Yeah. It's not frozen, is it? Like, <laughs> no, that's melting. It. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine an Australian Christmas movie. I think that would spin me out, bro. It's like they Christmas can't enjoy Christmas movies, can they? No, they just don't get it. No, it's impossible for any of them Caribbean countries, Pacific Island countries. Yeah, like, what the it. fuck are they talking about? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they watch a Christmas movie, or what are their Christmas movies like? There's no sun. There's no snow. There's no sleighs. Turkey on the beach barbecue. Yeah, that's not working. No. <laughs> no, it's not working at all, bro. And Christmas hats in the sun don't work. No, they'll fucking, they'll just blow away as well. So you're outside. How does Santa and the reindeers cope in the heat? Yeah, they'll be fucked. Look at that big wool jacket he's got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Reindeer are made for fucking cold time temperatures, isn't yeah. they? I don't think they'd be happy. They wouldn't be happy, bro. I think Peter would be having a word with them. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt Santa Claus has had Peter on his case before, hasn't oh, he? Definitely, 100%. <laughs> How many reindeers has he gone through? They're not the same. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not the original ones. <laughs> they no they always name the same ones in the song, but he's yeah. had a few Blitzens, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> in the same like Blitzen over Mark and over two, again. Mark three. Yeah, that's it. Blitzen <laughs> junior, junior, junior. <laughs> Just right. like American politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Talking American politics, that's, uh, that's sort of going to go down with our episode this week, bro. So this week on Browsing History, the date in history we're looking at, 7th of December, 1941, the Japanese Imperial Army attacking the US naval base at Pearl Harbor. Ooh wee. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Kicking it off, bringing the US into World War Two, which is kind of big up. Thanks, Japan, for that one. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> we sort of needed the help there. <laughs> yeah, they sort of they hooked us up there, didn't <laughs> yeah. they? Like, sort of just right out. You, after this episode, because this episode isn't just about, about Pearl Harbor. I couldn't do just an episode on Pearl Harbor on one day, bro. No. I'm not. I'm not that scholar, scholaristic, scholastic. See, I can't even say the word. <laughs> so I'm definitely not it, bro. Need a scholar just for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I need a history teacher about just to tell me that word. Ask the missus. Yo, love. What word am I trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. You're retarded. You're making up words, aren't you? <laughs> definitely tell me that but um yeah so what i ended up doing well, i'm just saying big up japan but the reason i'm mentioning that is because after today's episode i don't think we'll be saying big up japan as much no and this is coming from a nerd who's been there by himself do you know what i mean like yeah you love i do like a bit japan. of samurais and shit yeah i think they're dope but then they sort of ruined it with this one yeah yeah and i knew here's the worst part i did kind of know a lot of this stuff already but i still was like yeah big in japan bro <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they. So this episode is not just about Pearl Harbor. It's going to be sort of like the history 
of Imperial Japan as well. Because in my opinion, right, the attack on Pearl Harbor actually starts with the birth of Imperial Japan, the Empire yeah. of Japan. Yeah. And funnily enough, it's America who caused that birth, which is, I thought, a great place to start for it. But what we'll look at, Rob, before we even get onto that, we got to do what we usually do. We got to hit them birthdays up for 7th of December. What have you got for me, cuz? We'll hit them birthdays. You've got your man, Patrice. Patrice O'Neill, bruv. Yes, one of the greatest comics of all time. Do you know what his middle name was? No, go on. What's his name? Middle name? Malcolm. Was it Malcolm? Yeah, yeah. after Malcolm X. That's so. it, yeah. yeah. He was named after... Patrice Lumamba. That's it. Who came up in the JFK episode. That's, that's, the, Fre- that's the president, the French one, the French president got clapped for trying to defend I think it was no no the CIA organised a coup in Lumumba's country yeah, just before it. Kennedy Took got elected out. Kennedy was his homie wasn't he yes it um, Patrice obviously great comic as well bro absolutely fantastic one of the people who gave the ethos of he's just up there to make himself laugh and do his yeah, thing as much as anyone else yeah, yeah. like definitely he, he used to if you got heckled, he'd just try and convince the people to leave. He'd just be like, just fucking leave then. <laughs> There's a story of him once paying someone to leave. Really? Just be, yeah, just being like, look, you're causing all this shit. Like, here's your ticket money plus 20 bucks. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Absolute dummy. Absolute king. You can't watch his specials around your missus. Because, uh, yeah, he's got a few choice words and beliefs in women. Which <laughs> they sit there and they're like, no, no you can't, can't say, say that. <laughs> which uh, is one of his sketches, it, it? But was it the... Um... The one where he's watching baseball. He's like, Go you sneak, sneak down the stairs in the morning, you're watching the baseball, you've got the, yes. cur- you've got the curtains drawn, and she, she what comes What are you out, doing? What are you doing? I'll come give you a cuddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll watch baseball with you. Yeah. And he's like, no, bitch, I'm here by myself. I'm doing my thing. So, yeah, exactly that. He's fucking brilliant, man. Absolute king. I saw one where he was... Um, he had like the uh, sign language woman up on stage with him. Yeah, that's one. a great one, isn't it? <laughs> and he's like trying to hide his mouth right from the, <laughs> from the deaf person. And then the person's sitting there typing it out with the words. Yeah, and then he starts <laughs> he's having like, a go the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> That's a woman's job. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the whole bit as well about, which is great. I think you can find a clip of it him talking on some radio station. I don't think it's Opie and Anthony. I think it's a different one. He used to appear on that old radio show a lot. Yeah. But um, it's a different one where he's just talking about how weird it is he finds how much people love the song, uh, how much white people love the song uh, Creep, Creep by Radiohead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking <laughs> People start it. floating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to jump off bridges. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Here's the line they always love. The I'm a weirdo line. White people love that shit. It's so good. It's so true. <laughs> it is very true. They love. Uh, admittedly, bruv, I could never get behind Creep or a Radiohead. No, I it's know, just never vibed with me. No, bro. they weren't really my thing. He was a bit of a weirdo, wasn't he? He was Who actual was? creep. Oh, Jesus. was he actually? <laughs> the main guy, yeah. See, a lot of my mates fucking dig Radiohead. Load of people I know love yeah. Radiohead. My brother I just loves, can't get behind it. My brother loves them. Kieran loves them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He strikes me as a Radiohead geezer. Yeah. I can't get behind it, man. A bit depressing. Yeah, that's what I feel like it. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it at I all. I think I see him on Jules Holland one day and the gears just put me off. Yeah. Just, I think when he had an interview or something, I was like, nah. I feel the same about the Smiths. Yeah. I get a lot of shit for that as well. I quite like the Smiths, but no, Morrissey's no. quite... Uh, he's a dick anyway, no matter yeah. what. But yeah. even then, I'm like, I don't hate the Smiths because he's a cunt. Yeah, yeah. I just never just been a fan. Them. Yeah, I never could get into him. Who's a bit of other birthdays we got? We're going off track. Oh, yeah, we got... <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting. <laughs> um... 
Oh, I was just going to go with uh, back with Patrice. Go uh, on. You know, he died quite young. He age did. 41. Yeah. And he knew he was dying the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Like, so he used to joke around, like, because he he's obviously dying because he's a fat motherfucker. And he used to say, like, well, what do I want? Do I want to eat this delicious cake or do I want my right foot? Nine times out of ten, I'm picking my foot. <laughs> I mean, I'm picking the cake. Yeah, you know cake, what I mean? Yeah. He's picking the cake over his foot any day of the week. Because it said that he was um, trying to address his health issues at this time. Yeah. And he was experimenting veganism. Oh, so veganism, veganism killed, killed Patrice O'Neill. <laughs> That's another reason to hate them bastards. That's it. Hold up, give me two secs, bro. Quick little impromptu early pause on the episode. Rare. Rare. Ooh. Give me back some more birthdays. Go on. Uh, 1545, Henry Stewart. Oh. English, Scottish husband of Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh, God damn. She was a nasty bastard, wasn't she? Yeah. We spoke about that before on the podcast. I was going to say, she's come up a couple of times, isn't she? Yeah, she's definitely come up. She'll come up next week as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, next week. You about next week for recording? Probably. Yeah. More than likely. Nice, it's a good one next about. week. We spoke about that, Chavi, a lot. Who's next week? I'm looking forward to it. Um, Noam Chomsky. Oh, yeah, Noam Chomsky. He'd tell you how to say that word you were trying to he say He would earlier. tell me how to say that word. <laughs> It'd be fucking boring about it, though. The fucking commie bastard. No, he's all right, Noam Chomsky. More of an anarchist, really, nowadays. Um, definitely still a commie, though, but he's all right. Don't he's like said some commies. good things. No, I mean, look, there's been a few of them, all right. Who was it we looked at? Emiliano Zabata. Yeah. He's a pretty big one. Um, but he was a cool geezer. Chomsky's all right. He's a smart fella. Good, great in a debate. Read some of his books when I was a teenager, angry and listening to Rage Against the Machine. So I think that's probably why I'm biased with him. But he's an old fart as well. He yeah, says he's some shit and you're like, fuck off, Noam. Well, 1928 he was born. So yeah, fucking well old. Well old, bro. Try and listen to him talk nowadays or even in the past few years. I suspect he still speaks better than Biden, though. Yeah, definitely. He still, still speaks better than me. <laughs> I stutter and fucking say random shit. Put words which don't go in the right order. Imagine what you're going to be at that age. Oh, I'm going to be terrible, bro. Bro, this is why I started podcasting and doing stand-up and shit. So you've got my brain is already mush <laughs> from years of being a shit amateur MMA fighter. Giving myself brain damage for fun with all my hobbies. I was like, shit, I've got to practice talking, yo. And you want to listen back to these. When yeah, make sure, make sure when I'm old man, I've got grandkids... What was Granddad like before his brain was fucking cottage cheese, man? Here's some podcasts of him being racist and homophobic with his mate when he was teenagers. Here you go. Did he really believe that? No, he's look. It says comedy on the thing. He's just having a laugh. He's just having a jolly. Everyone's allowed to have a laugh. Everyone's allowed to have a jolly. <laughs> uh, we got Bobby Osborne. Who's from that the, from the Osbournes? The, uh, Band Donny Osmond, uh, the, the, uh, Osmonds. I was yes. about to say Osborne. I was like Bobby Osborne from the hold band. On hold on a minute, have I fucked that up? That's got to be Osmond because Osborne yeah. is. Bo- is I thought it was. No, Ozzy no, Osborne, no, isn't it? no, it is Osborne Brothers. Yeah, I've got that. Oh, who are the Osborne Brothers? Never listened to the Osborne Brothers. It's the Blue, type of band. Bluegrass music. Oh, okay. So it's the type. Def was literally about to say. You and his brother. If it, that's where I got confused, I think I read brother and I oh, asked them. That's it. That's, that's why him. I was about to say that is the exact type of band that um, oh, it sounds like that Yarn would know about. Oh yeah. Um, he's not here this week because he's fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his voice would have been no no good for tonight. Little voice clip of uh, what he sounded like, bruv. 
Yeah, I know okay. we cough a lot in this pod, but Jesus Christ. Dude Did had you get a, a word through the cough? He had a death rattle. <laughs> a straight up death rattle. Went out on a little Christmas do. Had a little bit of a boogaloo. A little bit of a sing song. While Will croaked it, Rob. <laughs> Full on Kermit sounding this morning. That would have been great. That'd yeah. Been great comedy. It'd been, like having, it'd been like having Bill Gates on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you seen that video of that dude getting pired? I think I've showed you it before. Bill Gates, yeah, yeah. That was a turning point in his yeah, life. That was I'm it. Was kill it? everyone. That was his villain villain uh, uh, story, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, what would you call it? Origin, Origin story. story. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, you remember that little girl, John Benet Ramsey, who got murdered? Yeah. On, I think it was Boxing Day. Yeah. Well, her dad was born this year, about uh, this date, in 1943. Okay. Um, I'm sure I remember reading into this before, and the parents have been blamed by some people for it. Sort of a Maddie McCann sort yeah, of Yeah, is this the one... No, but this is this the one where they were like a Mexican guy stole her? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, her old man, okay. who, whose, name, whose name is also John... Benet Ramsey. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, weird. That is well, it was weird. Bennett Ramsey, and she was named John Benet Ramsey. There's a whole uh, John for a little girl. Come on, guys. Yeah. Hippies. <laughs> but there's a whole South Park episode about that, isn't there? Like yeah. parents who say that their kids have been murdered, but they're, they're the actual murderers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking great episode. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> it's Butter's very special episode because Butter's parents try to kill him. It's fucking great episode. Recommend. Watching that later. Yeah, yeah, definitely recommend. Uh, you got Larry Bird, the American basketball yeah, player. Yeah, Larry Bird. I know Larry Bird. I only really know him from Space Jam. Is he? Is he's he in, in Space Jam? Yeah, he's in Space Jam. Is he one of the chavvies in that? No, he's not one of the ones playing. Yeah. He's, uh, I only know it because of the I name. He's like a commentator or a friend of Michael Jordan's. Oh, okay. He's like playing golf with him. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I only know the name. Yeah. Was he a white guy? Yeah, a white guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're one of the most the... successful basketball players. Yeah, it? from back in the day, yeah. yeah. Back when there was like socks up by their knees, That's it. tiny, tiny short shorts. <laughs> it's because they were dudes who didn't like look at who plays basketball nowadays, right? It's baggy shorts because what they're packing. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, basketball yeah. back they in the day. They wouldn't fit into them shorts. No, no, no. That's yeah. it. That's It'd be it. like speedos. Yeah, that's it. White guys back in those days, those tiny shorts. They ain't, yeah. nothing's falling out. They only had a little pecker. They're safe. Do you know what I mean? It was mainly bush back then. Anyway, it was the 70s, right? That's it. Yeah. Little um, bush poking out the bottom of the shorts. I think we spoke about wrestlers and that before. Yeah, love a little bit of old school wrestlers. I never, I don't remember this guy, but Rick Rude. Rick Rude. No, he I died don't in '99, so I don't know if that was just before I started watching. Yeah, so I'm like, I watched as a young kid yeah. with my dad, like old VHS tapes. But our era was the Attitude Era, yeah, so Rick so. Rude was. So he's probably gone by then. Yeah, definitely. But he died at the age of 40. Guess how? Go on. Heart failure, drug overdose. Standard for a wrestler, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Heart failure and drug overdose is like the way to go. Chris Benoit obviously takes it to the extreme. <laughs> he takes people with him. Yeah. <laughs> takes whole takes his whole family with him. Yeah. I'm going on a trip, guys. <laughs> I just want to show you Nine Realms real quick. <laughs> dark, dark chabby. Yeah, I, I was watching that as uh, listening to a documentary on him as well. It was fucking it's a conspiracy crazy. one. Have you heard the conspiracy one about those it? conspiracy guys? I listened to. Oh, I don't know if they if they've they, done they've done on more him. just of like a documentary about. There's one it, where like, like there's a conspiracy that he was set up, and it was all like he didn't kill him and shit like that. I've oh, listened really? to it before, and I'm like, okay, oh, that makes sense. All right, 
you know. I'll have to look into that. One. Oh, they're fun ones. Like I said, I listen to a lot of conspiracies. And sometimes I'm just tasting. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes I taste and enjoy it, where I go, mm, that will stay in the belly for a yeah, while. Yeah, And I'll believe it a little bit. Well, I was saying, I was trying to say well, to you. Ironically believing it. That's the fun, yeah. most fun one. I said to everyone the other day, I was like, the flat earth one, I don't believe in it. I don't think. If it come true tomorrow, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, yeah. But like, there's some really good, interesting theories behind it, and some yeah. like when they sort of I say don't know about you, good, you, interesting theories, I'm not smart enough to think they're good, interesting yeah, theories. But it's just like some of the stuff I say, you go, oh, I never thought about it like that. Yeah, and it just makes you think. I like them ones that make you. Just them ones do make you think. think. Sometimes, I, one ones where I go, I never thought about it like that. Sometimes make me go, hold up, bro, you are retarded. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows your answer to that one. Yeah, like, hmm, think on this real hard. Are you being bamboozled right now, cuz? Because yeah. there's a good chance you're being bamboozled. That's what I think for myself. Well, I was thinking anyway. about when I was on the plane. Yeah. I was like, right. Was well, looking out for the curve. Yeah, I was. I was looking. I was like, is it? I can't see no curve there. But anyway, you know the world's spinning so quickly. Yeah. Why don't we just shoot up, right? Straight in a rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up to our, the atmosphere yeah just outside it. i don't think it's spinning that let, fast let the world spin a little bit and drop back in nah 20 minute journeys to no, new york it wouldn't, it wouldn't make it that much quicker because no. it spins on a 24 hour cycle yeah you see what i'm saying yeah i know that so <laughs> I, when you're flying you flying against the spin or so would it spin? be quicker Are you, what what would make sense is is it quicker to fly with the axe the spin of the earth so going the same yeah, way as the spin, yeah. or is it slower to fly against, against it? it? Yeah, I think it would obviously be quicker going against same the way as against the spin, wouldn't it? Because it's coming towards you. Oh yeah, of course. So yeah. if it's flying against the spin, does yeah. that make it quicker? Yeah, maybe. <sighs> Fuck knows. I also thought about if you've got the curvature as well. If you just stay low, yeah, and cut off the the curve. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You could stay low ah, and get there quicker. And then you wouldn't have to worry about the extra yeah, time on the curve. that's it. Because otherwise you go up and you're following the curve round. We need a pilot, don't we? Yeah. Need to be able to just phone. Oh, <laughs> talking of phoning, not a phoning, but random shout out this week, bro. And it's funny enough that you're here for it. I'm going to give a shout out to Uncle Tony. Oh, bro. big Uncle T. Yeah, big <laughs> Uncle T. Not my Uncle Tony. I have an Uncle Tony myself. But if you are listening, Uncle Tony, doubt you are. I don't think you've even got Spotify, cuz. But if you are listening, shout out to my Uncle Tony. But this real one's going out to your Uncle Tony, bro. Yeah, big Uncle T. Yeah, absolute Donny. You sent me that message about, he was like, sorry, lads. All the all the stuff and some of the things podcast isn't my number one uh, this year. It's browsing history. So yeah. mad props for that. Yeah. Cheers, okay. Uncle Tony. <laughs> Cheers, Uncle T. Yeah. Listen to theirs more than ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle T, don't listen to him. If my Uncle Tony isn't listening, you can be my Uncle Tony now, please. He's everyone's big Uncle T. <laughs> yes, and he's Scottish, right? That's it. Yeah. That makes it ten times better, bro. He's uh, got a, a place on the show whenever he wants. And if you um, listen to our episode nineteen with our stepbrother Scott, yeah, there's a big long story in there about him setting his farts alight. Yes, Uncle <laughs> Tony. See, that's my target audience, bro. Old Scottish geezers who setting their farts on fire, bro. I get Perfect. it. It gets cold up there, bro. I'm speaking with of, you. Speaking of Scottish people, go on. Go back to the birthdays. Yeah, Colin Hendry, who's uh, that? Scottish centre back. Uh, okay. Played for Blackburn. Nice. You don't really follow football that much. No, you? you're look, bruv, If you're if you want to get some excitement out of football from me, you are look, going the wrong, the wrong way, bruv. The wrong way. Do you remember the little? Did you ever used to collect the little football men with the big heads? <sighs> oh no, god, no. no. Match. You get them. What are they yeah, called? Yeah, they were like match 
Pros or something. It's Smash kind of Pros, yeah. yeah. I remember the adverts. I remember what they well, looked like. Colin Henry was my first one I got. Oh, nice. He was Scottish and he played in defence. So I Fucking played in defence. Fucking nice. That's a good one to have for yeah. a young Scottish lad. That's it. We got um, John Terry, another footballer. No, fuck, I'm fucked, mate. England yeah. footballer. England? Yeah. Fucked his best mate's wife. Oh, I know this story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking yeah. difficult one. And then he was a whole load one. of racist that we've heard now, brother, as well. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. So he's a bit of a geezer. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a lad, isn't he? Bit of a typical English lad. You got uh, that. fucking the changing rooms on that, <laughs> on pitch on that. How could you work with someone know, like that? Could you? No, you couldn't at all. What happened there? Did they did they fuck I off from the think, same teams? Because uh, they were both playing for, I think it was Chelsea at the time. Fucking hell! And then they were play, both playing for England as well. Fucking hell! And I think after it all came out, Wayne Bridge stopped playing for England. Yeah, no doubt. And obviously, I think he transferred away after that. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Sneaky but he got brats. a new fit of misses anyway. Oh, did he? Frankie from the Saturdays. Okay. Okay. I can't remember which one that is. Yeah, she's all right. All right, nice. She's all right. Nice. Got um, Damien Rice, Irish singer. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I know the name, Damien Rice. I, know. I don't know if you have listened to much of his stuff. But no, I can say I have. Rob. He was in born in 1973. Nice. Robert Kubica, F1 racer. Okay, nice. Cool. What do you, um, who do you drive for? He was, I can't he was racing for Renault at one point. He oh, had a big old smash-up. I think it was in a rally car. Oh, so shit. he went in doing Formula One. He had a smash-up in a rally car. And I think he was supposed to be signed for Ferrari that following year. Oh, but I don't think, smash fucked Yeah, him. but we, he, got, he couldn't recover in time. So I don't oh, think he ever got to race for Ferrari. Did, wouldn't you? You're, you'd love a bit of racing, didn't you? Yeah. You've seen the trailer yeah. for that new Ferrari film? I haven't, no. Looks pretty good. It's and good. I'm not even a... Car, I'm, not even a fan. I'm not even a car guy and I'm like that looks like a good film I'll tell you what you do need to watch even if you're not into racing go on TT Closer to the Edge alright it's basically it I was going to say Talladega Nights like, <laughs> I'll watch that I'll watch that all day every day I think I can't remember what year it's from 2010 okay and I think they they followed the 2009 TT throughout the oh nice all the riders talked to all of them yeah, show you yeah, some yeah. bits bit of history about it nice nice yeah. actually I sit down with my uh Father-in-law and watch that. He'll enjoy that. Yeah, nice little Christmas watch with him. That's good. It's the, probably the best documentary TT one. Yeah, and then there's another film called Road. Okay, so you'll you'll meet a couple of the guys in Closer to the Edge. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't watch Road, it's about their family. Okay, nice. I won't say any more on it because right. it's fucking great. Nice. Okay, I'll hit them up. Um, did you ever watch About a Boy? That I know film the with film. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant and that boy. kid who became X Men. Yeah, and he was also in Skins as well. He was in Skins. skins. He then Nicholas Holt. Is that him? Yeah. Is uh, his birthday? Nineteen eighty nine. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I think Happy that's all. Birthday the... to that chap. That's Beast from X Men, bro. Beast. 100%. I think that's the only birthdays I got. That's pretty good. Have you got some other historical events from seventh of November? Now, if I remember right, when I looked at this, there's some lively shit going on on this there day. There's a few bits and bobs going on. Wasn't there? You got the. Uh, Royal Opera House opened its doors for the first time. Go on, that's lovely. Covent Garden, that was 1732. Go on, that's a good one. I like that. Um, Did you get uh, Cicero being assassinated? No, didn't. So Cicero is assassinated in Formia on orders of Marcus Antonius. So Cicero was part of trying to sort out the government after Caesar. And he was part of that. And uh, Marcus Antonius was an eventual emperor. After assassinating Cicero. What year was that? So that was in 
43 BC. Mm. Same date, obviously, 7th of November. Yeah, that's cool. Got any others for us, We had 1703, the southern parts of Great Britain were struck by the Great Storm. Yeah. Which took the lives of 9,000 people. Fucking hell, lads. Like, I know we can't handle a snow day, but that was only a windy day. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, England, sort of that. 9,000 people dead from a fucking windy day. That's it. A bit of rain. Uh, fucking hell. We are shit with weather, though. We're crap, aren't we? Terrible. It's like our skin isn't waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> I do, like, saying that, I, I do fucking hate snow. So yeah. I get it while the country's like, fuck this. Yeah, Because that is me whenever I see snow. I'm like, yeah. Stay here. Fuck off. Anywhere. Yeah. Sit in my hut. <laughs> we got um, 1787. Yeah. Delaware becomes the first state to ratify the uni- United States Constitution. Go on, Delaware. So because of this, it's sometimes called the first state. Nice. Nice. Same, uh, same date, but on 1776, Lafayette. Um, Gilbert de Montaigne, Marquis de Lafayette. Uh, he joins. He's one of the typically one of the founding fathers. Pretty important. Yeah. This is when he enters the American military as well. Oh, nice. A war general. So yeah, we've got some. There's a some definitely some good. Some good stuff going good on. Good stuff for seventh November. Little you've historic got, day. You've got um, nineteen eighty eight. Go on. Six point nine earthquake Ooh. in Armenia. Oh. Kills twenty five to fifty thousand people. Fucking hell. And left five hundred thousand homeless. Ooh. That's not good, is it? It's not Them nice. Armenians have taken a battering, haven't they? Yeah, they they not have just from earthquakes. <laughs> <laughs> they have had it rough <laughs> to say the least. Oh. This is also when um seventh no, uh, November nineteen twenty two, Parliament of Northern Ireland votes to remain as part of the United Kingdom oh and not unify with Southern Ireland. That's going to start some trouble. <laughs> few troubles, <laughs> eh? <laughs> That's got to come up on an episode at some point. Do an episode on the troubles? Yeah. Yeah, we That's can do it. Fact, you could pick any date from the last hundred oh, yeah. odd years. Yeah, now, there was a good one the other month, wasn't there? It was Bloody Sunday. Yeah. The football match. That'll be worth covering possibly next year. There's a good few songs about that as well. Is there really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, just not, I'm not surprised by that. The Irish can write a fucking banger. <laughs> Honestly, their voice is so sing-songy. They're just sing-songy people. It's great. What about the um, Apollo, the last manned lunar landing mission? Oh, was that? 1972. Nice. Which took the crew to the famous Blue Marble. Uh, what is it? Oh, the crew took the famous blue marble photo of the no, entire Earth. Of the Earth. That's Appar- a good one. Apparently, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> unless you believe, don't, unless you believe NASA conspiracies, then it's all Photoshop, motherfucker. Yeah, I'd like to believe it's true. Yeah, I'd like to believe. You know, I don't know. I'm not convinced no. until I go there myself. <laughs> until you have your little moon. Until landing. I've seen it from my own eyes. I've got a good one for uh, 1949. Uh, on the Chinese Civil War so this I'll bring it up after I've mentioned what the f- uh, happens the government of the Republic of China moves from Nanjing to Taipei Taiwan so this is after communist China have taken over yeah. the government in China before the communists took over move over to Taiwan so that is what modern day Taiwan is that's today. how it started and that's yeah. why it's still under a bit of debate and that's why there's the whole argument of China and Taiwan yeah. it's because it is just the Chinese government in exile living in Taiwan yeah. now I don't like the CCP yeah right 
and Taiwan's pretty important for the Western economy because they make our microchips and yeah, shit like that. They make everything. Yeah. So I understand why we want to keep them. Yeah. At the same time, arguably, and I'm now I'm going to sound like a pro-China motherfucker right here, <laughs> but if China invades Taiwan, is it not them just carrying on finishing off that war and that revolution? Quite possibly, yeah. So technically, nothing to fucking do with us. No. You know what I'm saying? It like, def- I get it that it is with trade nowadays to do with us. Yeah, it shouldn't have any. It shouldn't do anything for, with uh, World War Three, though, should it? No, definitely no. not. It's definitely not going to be that. Ca- it's not definitely not going to be fucking Germany and Russia invading Poland. No, it's, it's not going to be our version of that, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not going to be like Israel or Gaza or anything. <laughs> do you reckon? Which ones? Do you reckon it's going to be? We've had this debate again. I think it was here last time. When historians look back and look at the start date of World War Three, I've heard someone argue. I've said this before again. That it's uh, going to be nine eleven. Ooh, some people could argue it might be the Ukraine war, the Syrian war. I think was a good proxy war. Yeah. So you're thinking like, are we already in World War Three? Is that what you're thinking? There's an argument yeah. for that. I've been saying that for a long time. So I do you think, think we're already in World War Three? Do you III, think yeah. during World War One and World War Two they didn't know there was in World War One and World War Two? Because like, no, in World I War think... One they just thought there was in the Great War, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. World War Two they knew because there was bombs overhead. Yeah, did they call it World War Two at the time? Uh, I think they did. They did by then, yeah. Yeah, because they've obviously had the Great War. Yeah. Like, because do you imagine what, rocking about the Great War or World War One, and someone says, "Oh yeah, World War One," you'd be like, "Huh? Yeah, what? So who? <laughs> There's a what? There's a sequel? So that's so that's what it's like." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're obviously going to get one World War One. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, what? Fucking hell. Yeah. I thought about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be shitting it, wouldn't you? World War When? Which? How many more is it? Yeah, exactly. We don't even know. Well, the don't, Illuminati don't know. know. <laughs> oh. That's because they got it planned, cuz. That's it. So, I don't know. I think you could take... <sighs> I think officially it would go like Ukraine, Russia... Yeah, Gaza, Israel, Chinese, China, Taiwan, add all them three things together in the space of a couple of years, and mm-hmm. I think historians okay. point back at there and go, them three things led to the start of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get exactly because none what of saying. the big names have got properly come into it yet. Like we? with each we've other, been, we've been you funding. Think it has to be like a yeah. big name versus big That's name. It. But then, like Syria was just the West versus Russia, but just yeah, low key. Yeah, wasn't it? That's what I'm saying. I think you could go for. Or you could go to then. I I understand the point of nine eleven because that's when the war on terror started. Yeah. Or is that just a prelude to World War Three? Like the way you got World War Two, and then into straight into the Korean War. Yeah. Or even mentioning today the Sino-Japanese War just before World War Two yeah. was almost like a build up to it. Who knows? Who knows? Another little seventh November date for you. I just came across this one. I thought it'd be worth it. Nineteen eighty two. In Texas, Charles Brooke Jr. becomes the first person to be executed by lethal injection in the nice. United States. Nice. Jab ya! We love oh. them jabs. We love them lethal jabs. <laughs> they love a lethal jab, <laughs> don't they, the old states? Texas don't, apart from that one. Yeah. I clearly fucking love that one. But, um, I mean, it's not the first time it's done in history. Remember Napoleon giving all his boys heroin? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I think it was only... What was it? Uh... Opium back then, not heroin. They hadn't quite got the intravenous needles yet. What was it that Hitler was giving his boys? Um, March for diazepam. Um, 
Mescaline in the chocolate. <laughs> mescaline in the chocolate is what Hitler and the boys were on. Fucking great shit. I've had mescaline chocolate. Managed to march. Didn't make me fucking invade. Did, did, you didn't march across Europe? Nah. Didn't invade France, nothing. <laughs> I was disappointed. <laughs> they'd, already, they'd already surrendered. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I phoned the bloke up. I said, eh, I expected to be in Moscow by now, bruv. What the fuck's going on? Where, where did you end up? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in my mate's living room watching Jules Holland live on New Year's Eve. Like... <laughs> This ain't conquering Europe. <laughs> this is this is fucking Jules Holland. <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, this is quite cosy actually. Is when I heard that who was that geezer who did that song with uh, the Charlie Chaplin quote at the start? Paolo Nutini. Paolo Nutini. That's it. Yeah, but it was man. the song that came up before that. His big hit one, something about his trousers or something. I can't uh, fucking remember. Uh, tra- oh, saying uh, fucking hell. Yeah, loose shoes. Loose shoes. That's, that's it. it. So yeah, it was that song. Jules Holland, me and Mescaline. Not quite, <laughs> not quite conquering Paris. Was disappointed, but I did have a dance. So, That's <laughs> right, then. so let's look at 1941, bruv, In general, yeah, there's a lot of shit going on, eh? <laughs> little build up to Pearl Harbor. I think there's a bit of a big build up. There's no? a, yeah, there's a, there's a few little things going on in Europe at the time. <laughs> I don't Couple know if it, I, I can't quite remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few countries having it out of each other. A little bit angry at each other. There's an angry German guy. Yeah. Kicking off. Yeah. Just taking countries over. Yeah, I'm pretty really sure. By, so by 41, he's got Europe, France. Yeah. I think ne- he's, he's stepping got, into Moscow by now. Yeah, he's definitely got Netherlands and France. Yeah, Belgium. He obviously got all Poland and all of that stuff before. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I think by now, I can't remember by now if they had taken Northern Africa and lost it already. No, they don't lose it until the Americans come in. So, yeah, at this point, they've got Northern yeah. Africa as well. They took that from us. So, yeah, they like, they sort of stormed in, took all of France. They're smashing, isn't they? Kicked us out of Dunkirk. Yeah. And then after that, when we were weakened, sitting at home, bombing us a bit. Battle of Britain happens. Oi, oi. Fucking yep. good little shout Get out. Get there. Get in there. That was good. Although this documentary I was watching recently on World War Two. They were like, oh, this was the first defeat, um, the first defeat for the Japanese in World War Two. talking about a, a different battle. Yeah. And uh, they didn't mention the Battle of Britain was possibly, I don't know, it might have been one of the first defeats for the Germans, for the Nazis in World War Two. Mm. They didn't say that. That's a pretty big one. Who, was, who made it? Who made the documentary? Netflix, isn't it? Mm. That's probably why. I'm surprised I didn't jig up all the characters as well. <laughs> I'll tell you what was rude. So I had interviews with all of um, sometimes these survivors who had lived through the war. And the only person at first they actually showed with the voiceover, not just clip, yeah. was this woman who fought in the Liberation Army for Russia. Yeah. So this socialist woman. And they flashed it on and she's got like fucking dyed hair and loads of medals do you know what I mean she's looking like one of them flag wavers from nowadays yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. I was like why is that the only person <laughs> you're actually showing and I feel like they fuck, they realised because the next episode they were suddenly like here's an old boy too here's, he's, he's got some stories he fucking come off a plane he did and he was well alright he was he got nicked but he was well alright he was good was he he was a good chavo so yeah 1941's a bit busy eh just a bit yeah 
few things kicking off. Not for the Americans, though. They didn't want to have Not anything. Yet. Oh, actually, they were f- still funding both sides. Well, that, we'll I'll get into get that into a little. That. Well, not actually, I don't get into them funding us and Germany, but they were. Yeah. At first, they were selling Germany arms. By the time, I think, they Germany really started conquering Europe, I think they were backing off. Yeah. Selling, if I remember rightly from what I was watching recently, they sort of started backing off selling arms. They were selling gas as well was, was they not they were sending gas was yeah. that wasn't that George Bush's granddad or something was it that? really I think so had something to do with selling them gas and yeah. that yeah I wouldn't be surprised that that Bush family they've had Get their fucking didn't they? they've had their fingers in a few pies that was Rick Rude by the way I was googling oh, him yeah. bow tie I can't remember him but so some at the start at the outbreak of war yeah like you said the Americans were sort of funding anyone and everyone statistically as well right there's a i've got a little some statistics here for the us's uh opinion at the start of world war Two. yeah so uh how far should we go in helping england france and poland this is america's support for assisting england france and poland should we sell them food supplies 74 percent said yes okay cheers Appreciate they didn't want it. us to starve that's nah. good should we sell airplanes and other war materials to England and France? Only 58% said, yeah, hook them up. There was also the uh, plane manufacturers and that. Yeah. Metal manufacturers. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They wanted a piece of the action. They, they of know course, war makes money. But only 58% of them are like, yeah, fucking go on, sort the English yeah. boys out. It's a bit rude. Should we send our army and navy abroad to fight against Germany? 16% said yes. That means 84% of the US population were like, Fuck off. Motherfuckers. Yeah. It's the last time we fucking helped you out. <laughs> there weren't no, was it? We fell for it again and again and again. Yeah, well, we had, to be fair, look, us helping them out in all the Gulf Wars is kind of fair dues after World War Two. We yeah. did kind of need their help just a bit there. Like, they always go on about it. Like, we shaved you in World War Two, and it's like, well, yeah, because we, we were the only cunts left, left, yeah, left fighting. Going, yeah. Everyone else got pogged off. Russia was working with Germany at the start. Yeah. We only got Russia on our side because Hitler fucked that up and yeah. decided to invade Russia. The French just ran away. The French just ran away. Oh, we're the resistance. <laughs> All right. We were the ones really resisting. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Flying fucking planes. Saving your asses. Don't see them say it to French people. I read a thing as well. When the French um, first surrendered, yeah, they blew up all of their boats and shit. So... Rather than giving them to us, they blew them all up so that the Germans didn't get them because they were that scared that the Germans would come. We could have used a few we of them at Dunkirk. Them. Yeah, just a couple of them. Yeah, they fucking destroyed them all. I had a French geezer once on a comment on a history thing because I do that sometimes. Just fucking get angry <laughs> and leave comments on a history post. You get in the beef. Yeah, just because for fun. And some French dude was like, you know, I made the stereotypical France surrendering joke. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, what about the British at Dunkirk?" And I was like. Fuck you, buddy. We were saving your ass. <laughs> we had to get the fuck out. Because yeah, you, know. you guys dropped the ball, bruv. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And what about Dunkirk? Tell what we're about, Dunkirk. We got the fuck out of there because yeah. you guys shit it. Fucking pussies. Pricks. It's what a shame, isn't it? Because they was always warring for all them years before. Yeah. It's like they forgot after Napoleon. Uh, right, in it? Yeah. They just completely they, forgot they how to do it. They just fucked the last greatest And still nowadays off. they can like protest like hell and do yeah, all that yeah, fucking yeah. dope shit. Yeah. But they didn't want to have none war. of it when it comes to Hitler. Nah. They secretly loved him, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into 
Pearl Harbor and the Japanese Empire, Rob. So all throughout before Pearl Harbor as well, Japan's wilding out, Rob. They're going full Empire of the Rising Sun. Um, and obviously Pearl Harbor eventually is just a little sneaky bombing on the US Navy. And like I said, this is going to end up being sort of like the history of Imperial Japan. Because I think to get to Pearl Harbor, that's sort of you where you got to start. background, yeah. Yeah, you need the background of what, with them. And the reason I chose the start of it, the very start of Imperial Japan, because I find it ironic of how Imperial Japan got started to who they attacked yep. at Pearl Harbor. Arguably, Pearl Harbor is the start of the end of the Japanese Empire. It's like a big vicious circle. So like... What I mean by that is by them attacking the US at Pearl Harbor, that, that, that caused the, the death of yeah. their empire, yeah. right? Which they had built with a sick little, a couple of little naughty bombs, a couple of little big one twos they hit Japan with. Papa! Laters. Yeah, make some, make some VHS motherfuckers. <laughs> Give me Hello Kitty and Anime. Yeah, that's all they're good for now, cartoons. Yeah, cartoons <laughs> and some video games. Shit. Go back to being ninjas, motherfuckers. Here's some <laughs> nukes. So, I say it's ironic because on July 8th, 1853, American Commodore Matthew Perry... He died in the pool, didn't he? He did. Well, wrong Matthew <laughs> Perry. But that's how I remember it. Honestly, I've known that name for years and I've always remembered it as... Oh, it's Chandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who, who opened up Japan? Chandler opened up Japan for everyone. <laughs> But yeah, Matthew Perry, American Commodore, he leads four ships into the harbour at Tokyo Bay, seeking to re-establish for the first time in over 200 years regular trade and discourse between Japan and the Western world. Nice. So at this point, what had happened, right? Japan had gone full isolationist. Yeah, they didn't want anything to do with anyone. Anything to do with anyone. Because what had happened is uh, 200 years before that, Japan had decided to fuck all the foreigners out. They decided to expel um, all Europeans purely because they were persisting to convert the Japanese to Catholicism. Right. Taking some territory and engaging in unfair trading practices. So in 1639, uh, I believe it was Tokugawa Ieyasu who we've mentioned on the pod before. Yeah. He bans all foreigners in Japan apart from like limited trade access to only the Dutch and Chinese. Why the Dutch? With special charters. They wanted the weed. Uh, yeah. They, wanted, <laughs> they were like, yo, you got, that damn, coffee shops. you got that damn connect. <laughs> I think it was probably to do with um, Will Adams, Gillian yep. Boy, represent. Because he ended up becoming a big trade envoy for Tokugawa Ieyasu. Um, and he became like his trader through Asia. And he was he arrived in Japan on a Dutch trading vessel. Got yeah. Even though he's an English boy, yeah, yeah. he was there on a Dutch trading vessel. So did he vessel. get expelled? He was all right. He was he all was right. Still good. He, he ended up Because he was there. an actual samurai, wasn't he? He got like the rank and that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not really a samurai unless it's no. family yeah. ties and that, but he got like the ceremonial rank. He was rank good enough. That. Yeah. He got a sword. Yeah. The mayor of Medway gets a sword. Yeah. You know what true. I mean? That's pretty good. That's pretty high level. <laughs> we got Yokosuka Way around here. That's it. Ito way. We put a McDonald's on it. Yeah, they did stick a <laughs> McDonald's down there. Very Japanese. <laughs> so uh, Perry's fleet at this time consisted of four vessels, the Susquehanna, the Mississippi, the Plymouth, and the Saratoga. And they were called the Black Ships. 
because back then the Japanese ain't seen steamships before. Oh, okay. And these ships turned up all black steel, beaming smoke from the fucking chimneys. The samurai well, ships were shook. there then, just like sailboats still. Yeah, 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 like big old sailboats and that. And they were shook seeing this shit. Yeah. They had guns. Imagine. So a lot of people think they didn't have guns and shit like that. No, that's bullshit. You know, 200 years, 250 years before that, they had met guns. They had got yeah. matchlocks. Oda Nobunaga, Ieyasu, both those dudes, and Hideyoshi, that third dude, they all loved a rifle, you know? So yeah, yeah. they already had guns. But it's different when a steamship turns up. Yeah, with guns. Do they have guns on them as well? Ooh, yeah. yeah big guns. Big, big, tasty like a guns. Big robot coming towards them on the sea. That, like, they literally got attacked by a mech. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Japanese are obsessed with giant robots. Yeah. Yeah, because when they saw foreigners, we turned up with a giant floating robot. Yeah. So I Makes totally sense. get it, bro. Uh, Perry ordered his ships to steam past Japanese lines towards the capital of Edo, positioned their guns towards Uraga. He also fired blank shots from his 73 cannons when he was in the bay. Just turned up like, papa, papa, papa. We're here. Yeah, that's it. Open up, motherfucker. Yeah, knock, knock, bitches. (laughs) Now, this happened on July 8th, right? And when they asked him, yo, what was the fucking guns about? He went, oh, celebrating Independence Day, that's all. Four (laughs) days late. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrating our Independence Day in your bay, motherfuckers. Was he a comedian as well? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Charlie was meant to be the funny character, (laughs) wasn't he? When they got there, though, they only ended up spending like days on board the ships inside Tokyo Bay. Um, Sorry, quite a a few days. Um, But they were just being general terrorists the whole time they were there. The Emperor and, well... Not the emperor, but the shogun was refusing to meet with them. Okay. And then they were refusing to meet with officials who were sent to them. Because they were like, no, we only want, we're only we chatting with guy. the boss. Yeah, we yeah. want the boss. They thought the boss was the emperor. They, they knew so little about Japan, they didn't realize the shogun was the main dude. And they refused to sail to like designated foreigner ports. Um, and at one point, they even sent a letter which told the Japanese that in case they choose combat, the Americans would necessarily vanquish them. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like, open up, we want to have a word. No, no, look. Pop down the road, have a word with matey. No, fucking open up. No, look, we're not going to... Boom, 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 boom. Open up, We're coming in anyway. Yeah, open up or we will vanquish you, motherfuckers. 14th of July, so it's taken him a few days. Just Pan decides to accept the letter to the emperor. And ask Perry to ha- uh, land slightly southwest in the beach of Kurihama. Perry went ashore with considerable pomp, bro. He goes ashore with 250 sailors in 15 ships. So he's got he's, a large he's got having. A big, big backup. Oh, yeah. And uh, when he turns up, the, uh, he's got a band playing with him as well. And they're playing <laughs> a song called Hail Columbia. <laughs> he knows how to rock up. Um, 17th of July, after finally meeting with them, three-day meeting, Matthew Perry decides to head out. And he, he, he says, look, I'll be back in a year for a reply. So I'm going to leave you with the, you're going to open up and trade with us. Yeah. I'll give you a year to answer. It's a long old time to wait around, though, isn't it, for a message back? It's a long old time. <laughs> fucking no emails, though, cuz. I don't think they even Imagine messaging te- a bird and then, like, they'll get it back to you for a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll sail by again. <laughs> and I'm going to spend the whole year trying to sail by. Here's the thing, though. After Perry's debate, there was an ex- uh, a departure. There was an extensive debate 
amongst the shogun shogun court on how to respond to the america um, america's implied threats and not few days after perry turning up the to- shogun at the time tokugawa ieyoshi Ie- Ie- he's actually quite sick and he ends up dying just after perry's departure they brought disease to him I don't think they poor disease might have slipped him a little poison you know what I mean a little mercury in the sake bro so uh, he's succeeded by his son who's also sickly mm. so they're not doing fucking good these shows they've got very the good bloodline there uh, it's not looking good at no. the moment they've probably been interbreeding since for 200 years the yeah, Iyasu, on an island. the Tokugawa um, clan they were empires for yeah they were the uh, empirical family or the shogun sorry the shogunite family for 200 or so years that's a lot of incest yeah I can guarantee there's a bit of it um, we like a bit of that as well don't we with our royal families European royal yeah. families they fucking love it bro <laughs> Lizzie's uh, Lizzie was Philip's second cousin or something it was first it? cousin first They're cousin actually cousins yeah Makes Ooh. it worse, doesn't it? Ooh. I heard you. I think I heard you say it on the last episode. Yeah, like, nah, they're actually cousins. They're actually first cousins. <laughs> yeah. They shared a nan or something. Oh, sure it was. grimy, brother. I think that's what was going on in the yeah. Tokugawa clan. Possibly, I don't know, but maybe. If but they they got mu- all these, they shared mums instead. Yeah, so they got all these sickly shoguns, bro. So attempting to legitimise any decision taken, the council polled all of the daimyos, so all of the like the clan leaders yeah. in Japan. And um, and this is the first ever time the Tokugawa Shogunate have ever done a vote. That's how big these chabbies yeah. turning up is. And uh, the result of the poll <laughs> is like literally split. It's split even. 50-50. Yeah, like no, it's um, out of 61 known responses, 19 were in favour of accepting the American demands and 19 were equally opposed. Of the remainder, 14 gave vague responses. No. <laughs> Se- seven suggested making temporary concessions and two advised that they would simply go along with whatever was oh, well. decided we're as close as Brexit then no nowhere near <laughs> as close as Brexit we'll have a second vote <laughs> <laughs> that seems like maybe something to have a second vote on yeah, Japan yeah it's a bit, Especially bit that, more split yeah, yeah. <laughs> few undecided or at least make the the, the seven geezers uh, or the two geezers who were like yeah whatever just pester them like come on lads yeah. You two almost, and then they both decide either one. Then yeah. you're like, oh, maybe fuck. a game of like rock paper scissors or something. Yeah, just yeah. Decide just call it which that. one. Fourteenth of February, eighteen fifty-four. So not quite a year yet, right? The Russians had been harassing Japan after the arrival of Matthew Perry, being like, "Oi, we heard this chabby's turned up." Yeah, we got so, the Russian version of friends here. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Pals. <laughs> I don't know what Russian for friends is. Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> they're all sitting outside like a dilapidated fucking destroyed pen. Like, do you know what their apartment blocks, the Russian blocks look like? <laughs> the fountain's like fucking half falling apart. <laughs> and they're all squat slaved by the fucking sofa and shit. Chip us a fag. I don't know what that accent was. They were doing that dance. Yeah, that just dance doing the... <laughs> swigging from vodka, doing the Russian dance in the fountain. <laughs> <laughs> that's a better version I'd watch that one <laughs> chums buddies it's I don't think they'd have the buddies. canned laughter in the background it'd be much better it, well the canned laughter would be like laughter of people starving to gun having guns pointed <laughs> at them laugh now <laughs> 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 so yeah the Russians hear about the American deal and turn up to Japan like fucking come on yeah sort us out um, and on top of that England and France hear about Matthew Perry 
making an appearance in Japan. And they say, yo, when you head back, we're coming with too, bruv. And Matthew's like, oh, fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm going to head back early. So he heads back before... Before they could jump on. Before they could jump on board and before the Russians send back another geezer. He returns on the 13th of February with 1,600 lads, 1,600 lads and eight black ships this time. Nice. <laughs> Even bigger. <laughs> By the time of Perry's return... I must think that the robots are mating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got more robots. <laughs> they fucking making baby. But they got little ones. There's a few baby ones. <laughs> oh, Kuai, Kuai, baby robot from death on the sea. But oh, that black ship saw Kuai. By the time of Perry's return, the Tokugawa shogunate had decided to accept virtually all the demands. Oh, cool. <laughs> that was easy for him. <laughs> Just turn up with a load of death machines. Um, however negotiators procrastinated for weeks over the site of the negotiations Perry insisted with uh, the capital in Edo um, Japanese offered like various other locations but Perry eventually lost his temper and threatened to bring a hundred ships within 20 days to war on Japan fuck it <laughs> yeah here's the thing it was just a brag I was going to say I bet they didn't have a hundred ships even, no, no, they didn't, they didn't <laughs> that even, was all of their ships yeah, they didn't even have a hundred ships bro. it was he was just like big bollocks in it um, both sides eventually compromised on the tiny, tiny village of Yokohama uh, where a purpose built hall was erected uh, on the 8th of March Perry lands in Yokohama with 500 marines three bands playing the star spangled banner nice. when he pulls up nice that's how you enter in it yeah you got to do that 500 boys star spangled banner now a little boogie yeah you'd be walking in like stone cold did they do <laughs> Did they do them parades? You know, the like, the floats and stuff and that. They <laughs> well, like the Macy Day parade <laughs> yeah. They They should have. Yeah, they they should have done that as they got there, yeah. <laughs> so, after all of that, um, Perry signed the convention of Kanagawa on the 31st of March. It took a month to sort this deal out, which opened the ports of Shimoda. Not as long as Brexit, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not as long. Yeah, had another unread deal. <laughs> <laughs> and we might change our mind if we vote Labour anyway. <laughs> The ports of Shimoda and Hokodate to American ships provided for care of shipwrecked sailors and the establishment of the American consulate in Shimoda. Nice. So after this, Japan's officially open for foreigners, bro. All because Americans rudely barged and knocked on the door. Same old, same old. Yeah, you know what I mean. Foreign relations, Yanks, they've got to be the best at it, clearly. Turn up with the guns. <laughs> Worked on Japan, sort of. We'll see for them. So, uh, after that, we're going to have a bit of a 14-year skip. <laughs> Fast forward. Because uh, a few years later, 14 years later, 3rd of January, 1868, Japan goes through the Meiji re Restoration. What's that? So, this is like, Japan has like these different eras. The Meiji era. Yeah. All things like that. Um, the second Goku Jedi and stuff like that. The Meiji Restoration was like the end of the Shogun's power in Japan. Okay. So since um, the Sengoku Jidai, so when Oda Nobunaga, which we've done on an episode before, yeah. takes power as the Shogun and ruler of Japan, since then, and with Hideyoshi and Tokugawa, yeah, so after the three unifiers, since then it's been completely ran by the Shogun. Okay. Particularly the Tokugawa clan. And um, 
this is the end of that. The Meiji Restoration is just the end of the Shogun's power. Um, won't go into too much detail because that's a whole episode in itself. Yeah. Everything that went on. Does it transfer over to like more, more of like a democracy sort of thing? But back to the Empire. Back to the Emperor. Okay. Um, so after growing weaknesses inside the Shogunate, like we saw about the fucking sick boys, yeah. everyone being sick and... Little femboys. Yeah, loads of femboys. And looking weak after Matthew Perry punked them, yeah. <laughs> made them look dumb as shit. Japan goes through a reform. Um, it's a political event that restored practical imperial rule to Japan under Emperor Meiji. Nice. This ends up leading to the Boshin War, January 27th to 1868 to June 27th, 1869. Again, another episode, I reckon. Not going to go into full detail on that. It's very cool, though. Um, it's a, like a literal civil war of like Shogun's Chavis. Yeah. Shogun's Samurais versus Emperor Samurais. Okay, so they weren't all happy about his decision yeah. then. Yeah. It's sort of like sort of like what happens in The Last Samurai. don't know if you've ever seen that. Great film. Great film, especially for white boys, us being yeah. The Last Samurai and that. That's Fantastic. Um, sort of, cause, but there's another actual rebellion later on which is that is really based on okay but the the Boshin war is the character that tom cruise plays yeah is based on a real man okay called james brunette who is actually a frenchman and he fought in the Boshin war on the side of the shogun's okay. army because cool. he got over there and was a weeb um which i will address quickly actually i was thinking about this so you know, you know the whole thing calling people who like obsessed with anime in Japan and shit weebs. Yeah, yeah. I've decided that being a weeb is appropriating culture, but not appropriating Japanese culture. Go on. So, <laughs> <laughs> white people can't be weebs. Yeah, because it's appropriating black culture. Now, hear me out. The first ever foreign samurai in Japan is Yasuke, who was a black man. And got the role of samurai after being traded to Oda Nobunaga. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he obviously loved Japan. So he was the OG. He's the OG mm. weeb. So yeah. And because obviously black people can't be racist is what they say nowadays. Yeah. So if you're a weeb and you're white, actually you're appropriating black culture, and you should fucking stop it. So you're actually being racist. Yeah, super racist. That's bang. And also, that. white people can't watch anime anymore for that re exact reason. It's only for black guys now. Fucking hell. Black guys well, and Japanese guys. That's just the law, I'm afraid. Better throw your DVDs out. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few, actually. <laughs> I can't watch them. I think I've got Kira down there and Ghost in the Shell. I'm fucked, bro. Pokemon cards, they can go in a bin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yarn's <laughs> fucked. You can't be <laughs> being playing Pokemon ever again, bro. <laughs> Absolutely fucked. So just remember that if anyone likes anime and they're listening. Stop yeah, stop appropriating <laughs> black culture. Um, So, through this time, Japan are going through it of a rough moment for them bro yeah um they're skint and they feel handicapped by foreign treaties so we sort of forced them to get into all these deals or america did the west sort of forced them to get into all these deals and treaties and trade groups and um it's known as a national time of shame because we're sort of fucking them over on the deals yeah well they're not the first no 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 they we'll just get over it like everyone else did <laughs> like everyone else does <laughs> just accept it we empire you but they're not getting on on the global stage. Cultural differences as well. Yeah. So, like, Westerners like to get fucking party and rowdy and, like, after meetings and after business meetings and after treaties and shit. Japanese ain't like that. No. They are nowadays, business-wise. They yeah, fucking yeah. Love, love a drink. It. But back then, they just want to chill at home. Nice, quiet. Yeah. Or Fabian-orientated. Yeah, that's it. 
so they're not getting there's also from the rest of Europe we're kind of putting off a little bit of white power vibes in this time in history it's yeah, about right yeah we're kind of doing that a little bit um, and we're, we're sort of making the previously isolationist country I described it as an autistic kid of a country because he did he <laughs> yeah. just wanted to be left alone yeah. he just wanted to be left sit alone in sit in the corner wear his samurai yeah. clothes wear his robes <laughs> swing his samurai sword about and watch his anime yeah. that's all he wanted and we've come and fucked it up and we came the big American bully came and fucked it over and yeah. then British mate and all the French mates started turning up being like he is weird <laughs> he, look at him he eats with sticks <laughs> doesn't wear shoes indoors sits on his arse Lives with his mum and dad. Lives with his mum and dad. What's this sword he's got about? He's obsessed with this sword. <laughs> Stop dressing like a fucking robot, bruv. I feel like we're going back to that sort of culture now. You know, where everyone's living at home with their parents still. Oh, yeah, totally. We're in another couple of generations. We've like five generations in one house. Oh, Just can't afford to move out. out. Yeah, no doubt. That will happen. That will <laughs> happen in our lifetime, cuz. And then I'll pass on some samurai armor because yeah. that's how far it'll so go. So we might back. have to go back to swords anyway. Yes, I'm sorted. I'll be all right. I've got a few <laughs> laying about the house. So 1870s, the culture slowly starts to westernize more and more in Japan, though. Yeah. So it's taken a few years, but they're slowly getting Start used to it. Start wearing trainers and that now. That's it. They actually here's some of the uh, key things I uh, put in. They start importing bear guns, loads of guns. Yeah. They start importing even more. They fucking love them. Um, they start fucking loving beef. Yeah? Yeah, because they, previously they were like a very pescatarian society. Yeah, yeah. A lot of fish. So they've got McDonald's greens, popping up all t- over the place. Yeah, they're everywhere. Burgers. Burgers. Everything. But I only mention the beef because it's actually quite particular for like the 1870s. Okay. Like there's images of them like drawing cow head demons demon people and being like well fucking this guy's delicious <laughs> take a cut of this guy he tastes great and obviously they invent, invent Kobe beef eventually okay do you know that no it's like the most tastiest beef in the world is it it's fucking gangster you can only get true beef have you ever had Wagyu nah okay so Wagyu next time you're in a restaurant I'm an uncultured swine okay next time you're in a, in a restaurant yeah some steakhouses do it it's expensive but it's fucking worth it yeah Wagyu beef it's the tastiest shit ever the thing is, Wagyu is like the Western or the non-Kobe version of Kobe beef. Right. Because Kobe beef can only be from Kobe in Japan. Okay, good, yeah. And what it is, it's the way they feed the cow. They just fucking feed it like a fat cunt and give it beer. And <laughs> in Kobe, they massage it every day, get him drunk every day and massage him with beer and shit. He's living the best life. Best life. And apparently it makes them delicious. So when all of us Brits die, we should yeah. taste great. Yeah, <laughs> really, just surely. beer battered, yeah. bruv. <laughs> no one other than vegans, they taste disgusting. <laughs> Not as many massages, though, because those cows are getting daily massages. Yeah, I prefer a few more massages. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad. wouldn't be bad at all. Not only are they loving beef, um, they start fucking loving Jesus. Yeah. And ironically, mate, I don't know if it's because of the loving Jesus, they also start fucking hating gay people. That's never cool, is it? I mean, it seems to go hand in hand with loving Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, I reckon Jesus was actually gay. Do you reckon? Yeah. Do you reckon? And, that's and they like, don't want a secret to get out, so they pretend that they hate him so yeah, much yeah, yeah. to hide his little secret. Sort of makes sense, because in my head, Jesus is like a, a stoner masseuse yeah. who went around and healed people with cannabis oil yeah, yeah, and gave yeah. them massages. That's why I, I so always... Gay Jesus yeah. can work into that that as well. Yeah. 
Nice, 100%. Look at that. Yarn's not here for one episode and it turns into blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> he's hitting at home yeah, right now. It's, it's Jesus' senses tingling and he's no. like, there's blasphemy going on on one of my episodes. What's going on? <laughs> but, but now we've said it, it's fact. So. Yeah, well, historians, <laughs> historians, brother. But yeah, so with the gay thing, it's only worth mentioning because before that, like Japan was very open to homosexuality. Yeah. Like very open. I loved it. Well, it's all incestuous, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, not 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 for that reason. <laughs> but it was. Uh, you can't get a man pregnant. <laughs> in the, the Hagakure, which is like the ancient book of the samurai, that written by one fa- particular family, and that it was like this weird connection between master and student. Oh, so okay. basically, it was like I taught you how to be a boss man I samurai. Yes, yeah, so suck my dick. I taught you how to be. I taught you how to throw no- ninja stars, dude. Like, yeah. come on. You are the knight. You're basically Batman. That's what geography teachers do in school nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I taught you basic maps. Yeah. Um, now suck my dick. <laughs> Catholic priests too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I taught you about Jesus. Yeah, now suck Bible, my dick. Suck a dick. So, you know, you can see where Just it came from. Just carry on traditions. Yeah, that's Just all. traditional people. But unlike Catholics, they had to just stop the dick sucking when they loved Jesus. Oh, yeah. It's the opposite way around. Yeah. So 1870, they start loving Jesus, stop sucking dicks, and start eating loads of fucking cow. And getting guns. They're almost turning into Americans. That's not good for anybody, is it? <laughs> Considering they're the chappies who opened them up as well. You yeah. know what I mean? Open them up like a fucking Pringles can, boy. <laughs> 1873 to 1877. Again, something I'm not going to get into too much detail because this could be another dope episode. It's the Satsuma Rebellion. They start, start throwing oranges at each other. Yeah, just pissed. It's just a massive like food it. fight. <laughs> All of Japan just erupts into this massive food fight. Only Satsumas, though. Like, yeah, if only, you throw they're lo- slightly smaller, aren't they? Yeah, if you throw, throw a clementine, people are pissed. Yeah, pissed off. Yeah, angry. No melons. Fuck about. People walking around orange faces. It's the start of Donald <laughs> Trump. <laughs> trying to kill someone? Do you just throw a mandarin, bruv? <laughs> Fuck off. Satsumas only. Uh, but this is the real war that Last Samurai is based on right but there's no white guy in this one there's no Satsumas there's no Satsumas it's just a clan a samurai clan they just put Satsumas in a machine gun there might have been their little logo like their samurai armour they might have little oranges that'd be cute where is Satsumas from are they from Japan oh they might be I guess it's a Satsuma rebellion yeah sounds quite Japanese-y yeah it does doesn't it let's put it there it's there it's fact it's in there not worth googling just say it (laughs) Googling makes dead air. That's Satsumas it. are from the Satsuma. So, yeah, again, that's another episode in itself. It's led by a dude named Saigo Takamori. We'll probably look into him one day. Yeah. Sounds like a straight geezer. 1979, after all this, Japan's kicked off a little bit at itself. They're getting their shit together. They're getting all armed up. They're loving beef. They're loving Jesus. They, they don't fuck around. 1879 seeing that most top dogs on the global stage are imperial powers, now they're fully armoured to the teeth. They're real-life samurai mech dudes. So, like, this is what I always thought about Matthew Perry going to Japan. Yeah. Why it was done. I've actually got his face in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Him in a little naval suit <laughs> and shit. This is actually, like, I always say about him going to Japan and, like, trying to uh, getting them to open up for trade. He gave a nation that had dedicated their lives to the art of war for 200 years centuries before that were just warring for hundreds of years which are run by a military leader 
and yeah. you gave them modern arms. Yeah. It's the dumbest shit. They literally like, do you know, Japanese love giant robots. Yeah. <laughs> like the idea of a samurai sort of looks like those giant robots in the armor and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the ones in the cartoons when you see them, they got like fucking guns popping out of their fucking armor and shit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, bro. That's what they did. They put rifles in samurai armor. They made human mechs. So it's like robots were written in the stars for them from day one. Hundred percent. And now they've got them. Now they got them. They got armor and they got rifles. They're looking naughty, bro. And they decided to go empire in because they're only small people as well, isn't they? So yeah. Like they can yeah, yeah, yeah. Beef up a bit. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Fucking stock loads of fucking yeah. rocket launchers on your shoulder pads. And, and they're brave as well. The they're just like mentally brave, isn't they? Always have been. So like crazy. Talk, talking of that, like oh yeah, they'll like, they'll like kill themselves and yeah, surrender yeah. and shit. Like, how do you fight against that? You can't, bro. So you can't. And now you've given them guns. So one of the things worth mentioning, like, and this is going a little bit far ahead on the timeline, but I was later on, um, I was watching a documentary the other night, and there was this interview of a Japanese pilot from World War Two. Yeah. And he was talking about, like, the bonsai charges. Right. So during World War Two, the Japanese would just send streams of troops, even though they know they'd get mostly machine gunned down. Yeah. Just fucking send the waves in. Hopefully a few chavvies get through. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, you had the kamikaze pilots as well yeah. flying their planes into straight boats. Into straight into, straight into yeah. boats and that. This Japanese pilot made a fucking good point. And I was like, right, all right, fair enough, fella. He went, look, we are a nation of warriors and we have been for centuries. Yeah. We have an, em- uh, an uh, uh, imperial family, an empire that dates back for 2,500 years and we've never been successfully invaded as an island. Yeah. Tell me you're not going to fight like hell for that. And I was like, Wah. that's a good point. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? I was point. like, yo, you, I, know, I know the other deep, dark shit you guys did, but that's a pretty good point. Yeah. You're not excusing what we're getting on to later, but we, fair play, yeah. geezer. Well, we couldn't say that about our little island, could we? No, we couldn't. We've invaded could, so many fucking times. So many times. No way near as old royal family as 2,500 years old. Nah, I think nah. it was 2,600 years old. Yeah, that's something Japanese. to be proud of. Isn't it? Yeah. It's fucking wild, bro. Geezers. Absolute geezers. So, yeah, they're, they're armoured to the teeth. <laughs> they're feeling brave. They decide to start empiring. 1879, they snatch up the island of Okinawa and the surrounding islands. They get that. 1885, both Japan and Germany at the same time in this time, underwent a rapid military modernisation during okay. this period. And they actually end up admiring each other's military prowess and wow. reform. Both standing there, stroking their chins, yeah, like, looking back. Look at you, bro. <laughs> nah, bro, I'm doing it for you, geezer. I'm just trying to be like you, Germany. Just probably giving each other like massive compliments yeah, constantly. Yeah, each other up in the gym before they left. Nah, bro, look at you with all them rifles. Nah, you really did it, man. You hang up first. <laughs> you hang up. <laughs> so they're often looking at each other as models for modernisation. Germany starts sending envoys over to teach the ex-samurai military science. Nice. And uh, one dude even tells Japanese high ups that the Korean Peninsula is a knife point, uh, a knife pointing at the belly of Japan, <gasps> and that if a foreign power was to get control of that area or Manchuria. Japan better watch its fucking six. Yeah. That's a good point, though, as well. It's not a bad little yeah. point. He's sort of, high, like, stirring the pot, though, that yeah, prick. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like, look over there, bruv. 
And he's like, I know, I know how much you all like swords and that. <laughs> that looks like a sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You boys love a sword, yeah. didn't you? Go get that sword. <laughs> They're pointing a sword at you. Yeah. White man's pointing a sword at you. Which, that's Korea. Yeah. Uh-huh. If the white man gets her, <laughs> he's pointing his sword right at you, cuz. 11th of May, 1891. I mentioned this as well, because I just like this story. It's something that happens, and I think it will lead to something later on. Um, 11th of May, 1891, you have the Otsu incident. Do you know anything about that? No. So the Otsu incident is an unsuccessful assassination attempt on Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. Oh, okay. So the fucking emperor of Russia, bro. He comes to Japan on a trip. And before this trip, a trip, he'd been uh, quite a fan of the place. He even had a Japanese dragon tattoo on his arm. Uh, did he? Yeah. He had a Japanese writing as well that you're not sure what it <laughs> yeah, says. No, no idea what it says. He think it says Tsar, but it actually says twat. <laughs> twat. <laughs> um, on his return journey to the hotel, though, one of his police escorts turns on him, swinging for him with a sword. Of course it would be a sword. Well, of course, Rob. The quick action of Nicholas's cousin, Prince George of Greece and Denmark, who parries the second blow with his cane, saves the Tsar's life. That's like some fucking... What's that film? Where they've got the canes, they're all like the spies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Knightsman? Knightsman, yeah, that yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's what happened. Fuck Knightsman geezer. jumped in, saved Tsar <laughs> Nicholas. Nicholas is left with a nine centimetre long scar on the right side of his forehead. Nice. For the rest of his life, bro. Was this the geezer who liked Rasputin? Uh, Nicholas, yeah, Sar, Sar Nicholas. Him, yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is exactly him, because um, yeah, he's also the Sar who gets dropped the last by the, one, yeah, the yeah, last yeah. one. <clears throat> That's worth mentioning because later on, a little thing happens between the Japanese and the Russians yeah, okay. at the time when they asked the guy like, "Why did you do that?" And it was he was like, "Oh, I thought he was a, a Russian spy." Oh, okay. We still Come use on, that excuse now. That's the president. Yeah. <laughs> like, How can he be a spy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Unless Pretty he was blatant. one of the fake czars. Oh, one of the many Remember, fake czars. There's about six of them. Yeah, there was. <laughs> In but a like, row. <laughs> what a person to call a spy. He's a spy. Yeah. No, I don't think he's... He's no. a pretty shitty spy, bro. Yeah, he's, he's at, not particularly he's undercover. He's out in public. Yeah, he's not doing no ninja shit. He's waving with a Russian flag behind him. <laughs> mm, not sure about spy on that one, cuz. <laughs> But either way, you can see sort of the Japanese thoughts towards foreigners in their country still, even after all that. Um, At the time as well, Russia was looking pretty shifty at Manchuria and Korea. Yeah. So Japan were like, stay away. Stay the fuck away. 25th of July, 1894 to the 17th of April, 1895 is the first Sino-Japanese war. Second one's very important for later. The first Sino-Japanese War is a conflict between the Qing, uh, the Qing Dynasty and the Empire of Japan. It's primarily over the influence in Korea. Yep. So Japan's just got word off that German geezer. Watch out, Korea. Keep the, Qing, they keep the Qing Dynasty. They're like trying to modernise both their country. They're trying to modernise like China and that, um, while Japan's doing it at the same time. Yep. This first Sino-Japanese War sort of proves that Japan have done it better yeah, than the yeah. Qing Ching Empire at the time. Um, during the war, Korea gains its sovereignty, sovereignty from China, but it's now got heavy Japanese influence. Yeah, Jap- Japan haven't quite annexed it yet, but they're on sort their of, way. Yeah, they're edging on their there. way. They're edging there. They're uh, they definitely got the influence over there. Japan also gains a number of islands, including Taiwan, which comes up came go. up earlier. 
which actually fought against Imperial Japan for years after. Yeah. It's sort of in their nature. Just, you know what I mean? They were fighting over who was going to get to make the McDonald's toys, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's making the microchips? <laughs> what? The huh? They about yet? Yeah, yeah the CIA told Darwin what? <laughs> They're not even a thing yet. That's what you think. That's what you think. <laughs> we need their microchips for robots. Huh? 1895, the Treaty of Shimonoseki. Uh, oh, God. Shimonoseki. It ends the first Japanese, um, uh, Japanese Sino War. With Japan gaining control of Taiwan and the influence in Korea, Ru- um, and Russia, along with the Western powers, pressure to Japan to relinquish some of its gains. No. They're like, come on, Japan. You've, You've done been. too well there. That's not cool. That's yeah. not cricket. Even though the rest of the like those countries are empire in the West of the yeah. world, they're getting jealous yeah. of Japan. Yeah, you like, can't be doing that. Come on, lads. This is our game. Yeah. We may have given you the guns, but you can't go around pointing them yeah. at people. It's like when you teach someone something, they get better at it than you. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. They really did with that. Like They really <laughs> let the fucking like monster out of the box yeah. with that one, giving them guns, bro, and yeah, shit. don't do that. It's dumb. 1898 to 1903, diplomatic negotiations between Russia and Japan failed to resolve disputes over spheres of influence in Korea and Manchuria. In 1899 to 1901, again, this is a a future episode, no doubt. It's the Boxer Rebellion in China. Yeah. Won't spend too long on it. It's just a violent anti-foreign and anti-Christian uprising in China. The reason I mention it is because there are um, eight Western countries that jump in to fuck this Boxer Rebellion up. Right. One of them, not a Western one, but one of them is Japan. (laughs) So you've got Austria and Hungary, France and Germany... Italy, Russia, the UK, and the United States all team up in a megaform Voltron super mech <laughs> to fuck China up, and Japan join in. Join in, just for lols. Just for the lols. But for them, this is a big moment for them, isn't it? They've been joined in a team with the big boys. That's it. Yeah. They've gone from less than 100 years before that. They weren't letting anyone else into yeah. their country. They're, they're letting like, can I be big... on your team? Yeah, and then they're like, oh, let's, yeah, let's join in with the big boys. Yeah. It's pretty big for them. You'd be... Quite pumped if you were Japan. Buzzing, yeah. Yeah, it'd be hyped, bro. Good on. Yeah, they're concerned about the increasing Russian military presence in the Far East, though. The Japanese government faced domestic pressures to assert national pride and maintain popular support. Japan decided on preemptively striking, aiming to neutralize the Russian threat before it could grow stronger. Oh, sounds familiar. It's a little preemptive <laughs> Japanese strike. I wonder when that's going to happen again. So February 8th, uh, 1904, Japan launches a surprise attack on the Russian Pacific, uh, Pacific Fleet at Port Arthur, beginning the Russo-Japanese War. Nice. Um, we're going to do the whole war in this episode because it doesn't last long for key events, bro. <laughs> May 27th, 1905 is the naval... Um, February 8th is when they launched the surprise attack. May 27th, a year later, 1905, naval battle of Tsushima decisive Japanese victory over the Russian fleet January 1905 Battle of Mukden a major land battle on the Manchurian front resulting in a Japanese victory nice two two huge battles both times Japan just smashing Russia 2-0 2-0 bro loving it can you imagine being little Japan and fucking up big old scary Russia Russia's been around for years they've got a Tsar they've got an Emperor Nicholas II not for long no that's it well that's one a lot of the people think 
one of the things that led to the downfall because he showed the weakness Jap- there. Yeah, the Jap- yeah. Jap- Japanese Russo War, where they looked so bad. September 5th, 1905, is the Treaty of Portsmouth, mediated by my favorite US president of all time, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, the treaty ends the war. Japan gains control of Korea and parts of Manchuria. Nice. Japan are now looking fully Voltroned up, bro. They're looking... They're going for it. Oh, yeah. They've gone Super Saiyan, bro. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> Fucking pulled the AK out. They're fully kaijued up, bro. Like proper monsters. And uh, they take the principle of Pax Japanica on their views of Asia. Do you know what that means? No. So we used to have this thing called Pax Britannica. Okay. So we're like the British Empire. Yeah. All, you know what I mean? And that's what Japan felt. Oh, okay. with, but they were saying it for Asia. Yo, all this Asia is, is going to be Pax Japanica. It's going to be ours. Oh, it's had vision. Well, they had goals. And the vision is because they see the Western countries shitting on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making shitty treaties, making... The Japanese are the first big boys to play on the big table with them. Yeah. They know how shitty the Western powers are going to be when treating Asian people. Yeah. So they're just hedging their bets, I reckon. They could, yeah, trying to get some more support. So In look, a way. We're like you, but we can do it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, they're trying know. to get, I just, the way I look at it, they do it harshly, but they're just trying to get all the Asians together. Yeah. Asians unity. Yeah. Race wars. Right, yeah. That's but it. not race, well, you know, because it would be Asians first. But yeah. did they want a war with us or did they just not want us? They just didn't want us to have that. They just didn't want us doing opium wars on China. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was rude, bro. Yeah, that was a bit rude. Very fucking rude. They're just trying to stick up for their Asian brother. 1907, uh, this is going to bite me in the arse, trying to stick up for Japan all this time when we come on to later on. <laughs> 1907, Japan becomes a member of the Triple Entente with Britain and France. Nice. Um, funnily enough, it's um, uh, Russia in, are in, in and there as well. And it's a powerful counterweight to the Triple Alliance of the German Empire, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and the Kingdom of Italy. Yeah. So I'm sure you can figure out where this is leading. 19... There's a war coming. There's a... <laughs> something great's coming. <laughs> 1910, <clears throat> Japan finally annexes Korea. So this yeah. is them finally in there. taking it and being like, oh, so now. A uh, move that marks the beginning of the period of Korean resistance and Japan's increased influence in the region. Now, I didn't ask you to look up any horrors in that, but there are some fucking horror stories from yeah. that. Like Japan going real naughty in Korea there. Real horror stories. Um, but I thought I'd save them because there's going to be some worse ones later. Coming up, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Japan really fucks with Korea there. Really bad. They've... Uh, the, the Japanese at this time in history were particularly nationalist. Like, even though, yeah, they're trying to make like an Asian hegemony. Hegemon, I don't know. <laughs> even though they're trying to get all the Asian boys together, they still think they're the top dog. Yeah. Do you know top what I mean? Asians. Yeah, yeah. They're the best Asians, is what they think. The, the Koreans, what sort of history have they got? They've in just what, been under like. They've just Chinese been invading a lot, yeah. bruv. Japan fucked with them in the past a lot. Like, yeah. back so they to haven't the... really had their own independence. No. I mean, and... they have had periods. Yeah, but, but they've been like... very heavily influenced yeah. by a lot of other empires. Heavily. Um, 1912, Emperor Taisho ascends to the throne after the death of Emperor Meiji, making the start of the Taisho era. And in 1914, 
There's a little thing kicking off in the world during 1914. Yeah. And it weren't that great. It weren't that great, was really? it? Who was Second it great? Was Who Sequel was it great was for? Yeah. Who was it great for? I can't think of anyone it was great for. I mean, the Treaty of... In the end, the Treaty of Versailles weren't bad for us. But what you had to go through to get there. Yeah, probably not worth it, eh? No. Probably be cool if, like... It all didn't kick off in the if Queen yeah. Victoria's grandchildren could just fucking keep their Hold shit together, together. Yeah. and not cause the rest of us to go to war over their fucking disputes. Ourselves. You know. Nineteen fourteen, Japan joins the Allied powers in World War One. So during Plus, World War One There are pals. There are pals. There are buddies. All during the start of the fucking twentieth century. We're knocking out China with them. Yeah. We're fucking teaming up with them to fight fight World War One. They were the boys. They were all right. Japan, in January 1919, however, this is when it all starts to turn a bit sour. After the Great War. After the Great War. Yeah. After World War One, Japan <clears throat> proposes the racial equality proposal. Sounds about right. Sounds, sounds right. nice. Yeah. They, uh, he, they propose it at the Paris Peace Conference in 1919. It's the same place the Treaty of Versailles was written. Yeah. So in a way, that day in history, when they wrote the Treaty of Versailles and when Japan pitched the racial equality proposal, I feel that single day pretty much caused World War Two. Yeah. Because check this out. Um, the, the equality proposal is seeking to include a clause affirming racial equality in the covenant of the League of Nations. Okay. So the League of Nations is like the pre-UN. Yeah. When we all got together after World War One and was like, come on, guys, let's sort this shit out. And back then, the, the proposal aimed to counter racial, racial discrimination and promote equal treatment of all nations, regardless of race or ethnicity, in the League of Nations. Fair enough ask. Yeah. In it. Like, fair enough. Pretty good. The f- um, however, the proposal faced opposition. From who? Well, particularly Western powers. Oh, of course. Notably the United States, Britain and Australia. Fucking racists. Yeah. The racial equality proposal is 100% rejected. I mean, it's a significant point of contention and disappointment of Japan. Yeah. This is when he, he goes back school shooter mode. Yeah, they've got a bit of beer in their bonnet now, haven't they? Yeah, sticks his hood up, sits at the back of the class. Yeah. Starts looking around like... Germany, you better not come to school tomorrow because I like you. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you all up. <laughs> yeah, because, hold on, they were f- they liked Germany before the Great War as well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they but still we, hooked up with us yeah, in World War One To go against them. Yeah. And then when they turned around, like, hey, we helped you guys out. How about you guys just don't make, like, squinty-eyed jokes at us <laughs> anymore? Can you guys stop making jokes about... Us living in paper houses and sitting on our arse. Yeah. And the English and the Americans were like, fuck no. Nah. <laughs> fuck no. The, wheel- the wheelie bin jokes are staying. Yeah. <laughs> 1920. Despite this, despite getting shit on a bit, Japan still joins the League of Nations. They're still up for a little bit of teamwork, bro. And uh, like I said, the fir- League of Nations is the first intergovernmental organisation established to promote international cooperation and to achieve international peace and security. And that should have been the end of it. It should have been the end of it. The Guess end. who don't join um, the League of Nations, funnily enough, though? Because they've on. now gone all isolationist. Go on. The USA. 
Oh, really? Yeah, the USA didn't join the League of Eight Nations. Hmm. And less than 100 years before this, these were the dudes knocking at Japan, going, being like, you Open need to join up. us. Yeah, yeah. Open the fuck up! And now, back when all the whole world's like, yeah, let's all open together, America's like, nah, fam. Yeah, actually. We just keep repeating ourselves over and over again. Over and over again. I've noticed that lately. So I got spooked in the news recently when um, the US uh, said that they're going to start giving immigrants green cards if they sign up to the military. Now, I know some people who freaked out like, just in like a racist way about it. That doesn't bother me because that's just been the United States since the get-go yeah. that's how they've always done it. it's always yeah. been a, a, a nation of immigrants right and as far back as the US Civil War that's why there's so many Irish people in America yeah. it's because during the US Civil War the de- the Republicans were giving Irish immigrants citizenship yeah. to fight for them fight in the, the Civil against War against the British exactly no yeah. not the British oh. against the South oh, sorry. in the yeah, US yeah. Civil War um, so it's been a part of US history for them to do that with immigrants forever yeah but they only did it in wartime. Yeah, of course. So that's what freaks me out, yeah, is that we're not officially in wartime <clears throat> yet. This goes back to that point made earlier, that are we in World War Three without yeah, us yeah, knowing? Yeah. Yet they're passing laws like that, which previously, when you look at history, were passed during wartime. Yeah. So we are in a war. Well, yeah. they are in a war. A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, the USA being isolationist now when it comes to the League of Nations. Nah. Bit rude, isn't it? The thing is, yeah, as you say, they they were grown on immigration. They've yeah. got so many different cultures there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And heritage lines. How can they be they isolationist? Possibly, yeah, they couldn't yeah. be. It's mental. But at the same time, it's like, are they ice because they're getting out of being like, well, we are the freedom place. But just isolationists is a bit far. When the whole League of Nations is getting together, they helped out in World War One a bit as well. Like, come on, lads. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He came and helped out of the game, but he didn't come to the after party, did he? He didn't come <laughs> to the team meeting. Pussy. You know. 1920s, Japan experienced political and economic turbulence. Oh, dear. So while the rest of the world is going through the roaring 20s, they're fucking shitting a brick a bit. It's marked by social unrest, economic difficulties, and political assassinations. Ooh. A few key things that happened as well. 1923, you got the Great Kanto Earthquake causing widespread destruction in J- in Tokyo and Yokohama. Um, 1926, Emperor Taisho passes away and Emperor Hirohito ascends to the throne, making the beginning of the Showa era. Okay. So it's not looking good for them right now. No. You know, they're being shit on by other countries, economic bad time. 1930s, globally, we all know what happens, the big sad, bruv, Great Depression. Yep. Big, big sad. Again, what's great about it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Why do we keep just calling these, all these names out, didn't they? Big sad, I Are think. Are we is sure a much great name. means what we think it means? <laughs> Did it mean something else back then? I guess it does. I think it just means huge. Huge, massive. Big. Massive. Absolutely huge. So, yeah, the big sad happens. The yeah. Japanese economy suffers debilitating effects from two sources the impact of the worldwide, worldwide depression and the appreciation of the yen associated with the return to the gold standard. Consequences economically were abrupt deflation and severe contraction of economic activities. Well, when they went back to gold. What's that? Just say they went back to gold. Um, Yeah, the return to gold standards. Yeah, the appreciation of the yen associated with the return to gold standard. And it went down? Yeah. Wow. 
because they're everyone's fucking with the petrodollar. Yeah, yeah. 1929-1932. At this point in history, Japan imported 36% of its scrap iron for munitions and ships from the USA. Wow. So not a lot. Just thought while well, mentioning cuz I'm going to come up with some numbers later on it. We'll start building some little robots. Yeah, just tiny little, little robots. Ones. Little scrap robots. September 18. Well, actually no, no nuke yet. So we ain't told them to build robots for everyone yet. No. They're just building robot armor for themselves maybe a robot lover maybe a robot lover yeah. you know they're freaky like that <laughs> september 18th 1931 an explosion near a japanese owned railroad a railway in mukden now shenyang manchuria the japanese accuse chinese dissidents of the incident uh, this is that sounds mukden like a incident. good excuse for something good excuse for a little something the Japanese Kwantung Army claimed that the railway was sabotaged by Chinese forces and used this as a pretext to justify military intervention in Manchuria. It was, in fact, nowadays we have learned, guess what? Was it a false flag? Little FF, bruv. <laughs> Little false flag. <laughs> Fucking wild, huh? Been doing that for years. Years. Burning the Reichstag. The fucking... God. Mukden incident, yeah. Uh, Gulf of Tonkin, yeah. 9-11, I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> it's not a few yet. little fucking false flags <laughs> laying about, bro. Fucking hell. September 19th, uh, oh, sorry, September 20th, 1931, so a day after the Mukden incident and war being declared, Japanese forces without official approval from Tokyo initiated full-scale invasion of Manchuria, quickly capturing key cities and territories. Moving quick. All very fast. September 27th, 1931, the Japanese Kwantung Army seized Shenyang, leading to the occupation of the entire region. Nice. March 27th, 1933. Did, did anyone have anything to say about this at the time? Everyone, no, everyone's not too happy about it. They but didn't they, think it was great. They weren't mad enough to do anything. Do anything with it. No, no but they no. were just like, Japan, good dudes. Yeah. Come on. Not cool, man. March 27th, 1933, the withdrawal followed, um, sorry, them entering uh, entering Manchuria, followed international criticism and condemnation of Japan's actions. Meanwhile, on the same day as the League of Nations shitting on Japan, yeah. Germany just got a new chancellor. Ah, oh, that's good news. Important fella. Yeah. Two years after all this, now keep in mind, old AH has only just become the Chancellor in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. World War What Two hasn't even kicked off yet. And in nineteen thirty five, in Pingfang, China, Japanese forces build a facility to be used by a little unit called Unit seven three one. And what do they do in Unit seven three one? Well, Ross, I like that you're <laughs> chuckling about this because you weren't meant to be on this week because we no. thought you were going to be away. And I, I asked you to pick me up some little notes yeah. to use with Yaya because I was busy doing the timeline and that. I was like, oh, if you could get some of these notes for me, that would be sick. You fucking came through, Rob. So I know you know a little bit about Unit 731. Um, <laughs> and guys, if you thought Nazi scientists were evil, wait until you hear about these guys. <laughs> Hold on to your hats. Yeah. <laughs> So the unit employed gruesome tactics to secure specimens of select body organs. 
If Ishii, one of the scientists, I'm assuming, or one of his co-workers wished to do research on the human brain, then they would order the guards to find them a useful sample. The prisoner would be taken from his cell. Guards would hold him while another guard would smash the victim's head open with an axe. His brain would be extracted off to the pathologist and then to the crematorium for the usual disposal. Nakagawa Yonezo said, another uh, survivor, I guess, not survivor, another one of the doctors, some of the experiments had nothing to do with advancing the capability of germ warfare or of medicine. There is such a thing as professional curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> Grimy, bro. Not good, is it? Professional curiosity. Yeah. What happens if we do this to this person? How yeah. long will it take them to? Oh. A mad scientist having professional yeah. uh, curiosity, bro. That's so a bad recipe. There's still professional curiosity. I wonder. Do you really think people like this stop don't uh, don't get funded anymore? Harold Shipman. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anthony Fauci. What happened if we did such and such? What medical purpose was served by performing and studying beheadings? None at all. That was just playing around. Professional people, too, like to play. Yeah. Grimy, bro. Prisoners had <clears throat> limbs amputated in order to study blood loss. Limbs removed were sometimes reattached to the opposite side of the victim's bodies. Some prisoners had their stomach surgically removed and their esophagus reattached to the intestines. I think this is where the human centipede started. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if there was influence yeah, for like, the movie, that. bruv. Yoshihira Hisato, a, psycho- a physiologist in Unit 731, had a special interest in hypothermia and used human subjects to test humans' reactions to frostbite. Sato routinely submerged prisoners' limbs in a tub of water filled with ice and held them there until the limbs were frozen solid and a coat of ice were formed around the skin. He timed the victims to check how long it took for the human bodies to develop frostbites. According to one of the witnesses to the frostbite testing, the limbs made a sound like a plank of wood when struck with a cane. Then he tried different methods for rapidly thawing off the frozen appendages, such as dousing limbs with hot water, open fire, or leaving the subject untreated overnight to see how long it took for the prisoner's blood to thaw it out. Nice. Unit 731 was able to prove scientifically that the best treatment for frostbite was to immerse it in water a bit warmer than 100 degrees, but never warmer than 122 <laughs> See, I'm pretty sure you probably could have worked that out <laughs> without putting someone through that. Maybe. No? You just put your hand in some warm water and see if it fucking melts. I mean, at least the even animal testing probably yeah. is better than fucking... <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, surely people had frostbite in the past. Yeah. And there's been like yeah, ways of... These dudes got it down to 22 degrees, bro. Yeah. In between 100 and 120. They got it down. Yeah, we needed them experiments. <laughs> Vivisection is the practice of performing operations on living beings for the purpose of experimentation or scientific research. Vivisection was performed in Unit 731 without anesthesia mm. to study the operations on living systems. Grimy, bro. It's not good, is it? Live operations just to see, just to have a look. And this was before... This is pre-World War II, II bro. Yeah. This is 1933. 
at 35. So this is only two years after Hitler's got power in Germany. Yeah. Japan's currently doing this in Manchuria. They just, in 1935, they build the building to start these experiments. Yeah. That's four years before the breakout. Is this the... Um... It's before the Night of Knives. That's before the Night of Broken Glass. Yeah. All of this shit. Before... before I'm, I'm assuming... Might not be 100% correct, but I'm pretty sure this is even before Hitler's putting Jewish people in ghettos. Yeah. The Japanese are doing this to the Chinese in Manchuria. Was this the first or the second? Did you read much into the building that they built? No. They started it somewhere. This is the second building. Yeah, and then they yeah. built this one specially for it. Yes, this yeah. is the building specifically for... Yeah, yeah, I read yeah. that far. <clears throat> this building is the one specifically for these tests. Um, what was it? Oh, yeah. It was performed on thousands of victims, vivisection, mostly Chinese communist prisoners, as well Commies. as children. <laughs> Deserved it. That's well... <laughs> no, too harsh. I can't even fucking joke about that. This is fucking wild shit. <laughs> as well as children and elderly farmers, as he definitely can't joke about it. They were infected with diseases such as cholera and the plague and then had their organs removed for examination before they died in order to study the effects of the disease without decomposition after death. So they're getting his organs removed while they're still alive and infected with a disease. Yep. Just to see what the cracks go. Just to see what's going on. And it was like, they didn't care about the person there still being alive. They wanted the organ alive. Yes. And that's why they've whipped it out. Yes. I yes. Mean, after that, that's just a vessel there now. They don't care what happens. No, yeah, they've no, got no. what they wanted. Similar to what the CCP, I guess, are doing with organ harvesting yeah. nowadays and shit yeah. like that, huh? They also airdropped... This one's what crazy. They also airdropped the bubonic plague fleas over Chinese villages. I didn't realise they had the iPhones here. Unit 731 studied bayonets, swords, and knives with the use of their prisoners. They also studied flamethrowers on both covered and exposed skin. <laughs> they set dudes on fire. Yeah. They also set up gas chambers to test subjects with blister agents and nerve gas. They also studied prolonged X-ray exposure, exposure which sterilized and killed thousands of testing subjects. The Imperial Japanese Army was interested in this, this one's, for me, the grimiest one. The Imperial Japanese Army was interested in the symptoms and treatment of syphilis. Male prisoners infected with syphilis mm. were ordered to rape female and male prisoners to mo- uh, monitor the onset of the disease. Yeah. More rapes were arranged until the exposure established infection. There were human subjects looked up and depri- uh, locked up and deprived of food and water to learn. Well, they did that to... Um, uh, they forcibly impregnated, um, sorry, uh, female prisoners of childbearing age who were pregnant were also tested because they wanted to see the reaction on unborn children with yeah. syphilis. All sorts, bro. That's not too far from what... Didn't the Americans do a syphilis test similar to this as well? Did they really? Uh, and this was more Probably rec- not with all the freezing shit No, as well. no, no, more recently. It was a syphilis thing. Oh, okay. They took a load of, uh, I think it was black men. Yeah and said they were going to treat them for syphilis or something like this. Yeah. And what they'd done is they didn't actually give them uh, anything. Like they Fuck were off. giving them like empty pills, basically. Yeah, yeah. Or treatments, whatever it was. 
And so these guys were thinking that they were being cured of syphilis, but what they're actually doing is spreading it around their communities. Fucking I need hell. to find out the actual name for that. That's fucking... Yeah, that so was recent. That was like... I'm sure that was like 60s or 70s. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, more recent than this. Well, <clears throat> pr- probably fucking got the idea from a few yeah. chavvies, didn't they? Um, yeah, so human subjects were locked up, deprived of food and water, uh, to learn, uh, to learn, just to learn how long humans could survive like that. In order to study crash injuries, heavy object, heavy subjects were dropped into bound onto brown. Uh, sorry, heavy objects were dropped into bounded prisoners. The effects of high G forces on pilots and falling paratroopers were studied by loading humans into large centrifuges and spun them at higher and higher speeds until they lost consciousness. <laughs> so all those NASA tests, yeah, uh, that's fucking, what that come yeah. from here. All their results, they never took it too Just far. Just some fucking extreme waltzes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the pikeys on that. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese pikeys giving them the fucking spin. <laughs> Come on, lads. <laughs> the slight Irish accent as well, weirdly. <laughs> Japanese Irish accent. Let me give it a... Oh. oh. No, I can't oh, do it. Don't even attempt it. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Sound like a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the uh, the Tus- Tuskegee Tuskegee experiment. Tuskegee, yeah, yeah, I've heard of them. That was a syphilis one. Fucking hell. Um, pregnant test subjects were infected with various diseases, exposed to chemical weapons, crash injuries, bullet wounds, shrapnel injuries. Then they were opened up, and the effects of the fetuses were studied. Ugh. Um, pregnant women with syphilis was a special interest of the research of the unit 731 a special fetish yeah special fetish but um, yeah so that's that's pretty much all the horrors I've got on unit 731 but here's a nice little interesting fact for you about them while unit 731 researchers arrested by Soviet forces were tried at the December 1949 Khabarovsk war crime trials those captured by the United States were secretly given immunity in the exchange for the data gathered during the human experiments. Huh. The United States helped cover up the human experimentations and handed stipends to the perpetrators. That sounds very familiar to what they've done with the German ones. It is. Sounds yeah. a lot like Operation Paperclip. Yes. The Ru- admittedly, the Russians took Nazis too for their science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least they tried these fucking mad cunts. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm not 100 percent sure of some of the horrors that happened in Jewish what concentration camps or German concentration camps, but this sounds fucking yeah. mental. This wasn't even a concentration camp. This was a straight up. Now here's a madhouse. Yeah. Here's an human experimentation. It was basically just a prison, and then they just went and went experimented wild. on the yeah. prisoners. Uh, and again, all of this is pre. Yeah. World War Two. This is 35 that they build that fucking building to do all yeah. this shit in. I know the Nazi ones, they were like simulating pressures and uh, rockets and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And making people explode. But yeah. yeah, that's pretty grim. It's pretty dark. Like, samurais don't seem as cool anymore. No. I feel bad for bigging up Japan earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's fucking horrific, isn't it? There's not much you can say on it. It's just like, oh. the advancement in science. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just know if I've got frostbite, I'm looking for the kettle and a thermometer. I'm making sure it's between 100 and 22. I'm staying away from Japanese people. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go to a sushi restaurant if you've got frostbite, bro. So, November 25th, 1936, Japan and Germany signed the anti- Comintern Pact directly against the spread of communism. Nice. Yeah. July 7th, 1937 Japanese and Chinese troops clash near the Marco Polo Bridge southwest of Beijing. You spoke about Marco Polo before? I have plenty of times. Yeah, yeah I love the great TV show yeah. as well. But yeah, so there's a Marco Polo Bridge um, southwest of Beijing and uh the Marco Polo Bridge incident is a dispute between Japanese and Chinese soldiers. Over nine million bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. This is. I, I fucking love how it starts. Started by a Japanese dude who had the shits <laughs> while out on exercise. Oh, they're fighting over toilet paper. Well, he went for a quick blurry shit in the bushes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, because the Japanese are all pixelated. Um, <laughs> if you watch Japanese porn, you'll see they're all pixelated. So he goes for a quick blurry shit in the bushes and he gets lost on his way back <laughs> and he doesn't return to his post. When he doesn't return to his post, the Japanese demand permission to enter Waiping to find the dude. Right. Um, the Chinese deny permission for the Japanese to enter and they spaz the fuck out. <laughs> they freak the fuck out and both forces start mobilising Kicking off around 11 o'clock at night, gunfire kicks off. So you must have him if you're not letting us in. Yeah. If you ain't got him, show us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they all kick off. Funnily enough, while it's all kicking off, so around about 11pm when everyone's rushing to get everything together, the dude who took a shit eventually returns to his (laughs) fucking position. But by then it's too late. Everyone's fucking mobilising. He just picks up a gun as well. Yeah, just joins in. Like, (laughs) fucking, who are we looking for? (laughs) Who is it we're looking for? I see a story recently. Some woman went missing. Uh, I think it was out hiking or something. It was on like a search tour. party. Yeah, she she went off for a fucking toilet or whatever like that. Fucking they, hell. they can't find her. They've done the count. There's one missing. So they're like looking around for her. She's joined in looking for herself. But she doesn't realise what they're hell. looking for her. Yeah. That's exactly what yeah, happened here. Just on a bigger scale with guns and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just caused the second Sino-Japanese <laughs> yeah. war. That's all. <laughs> July 8th, 1937 the fighting at the Marco Polo Bridge intensifies leading to a large scale conflict both sides mobilise more forces marking the escalation of hostilities July 9th Japanese forces capture the Marco Polo Bridge the conflict spreads to the other areas in northern China this event is often considered the starting point of the second Sino-Japanese war yeah, I should have named it after the shitting guy. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't they? Yeah. Dude's fuck up. <laughs> Tanako's big shit. <laughs> the conflict between China and Japan expands into a full-scale war involving significant military operations, atrocities, and the occupation of various Chinese territories by Japanese forces. Um, this is obviously some more naughty manoeuvres from Imperial Japan. So, according to... I'm not sure who but some nerd on a documentary I watched, Chinese civilian deaths for the Sino-Japanese War were at 12 million. Fucking hell. Civilian deaths, right? What was their population back then? I'm not sure, but some nerd on a documentary did the maths. 
that's 2,963 2, days of war. Divide that by 12 million yeah. civilian casualties. means 4,000 civilian deaths a day. Fucking hell. It's crazy, that, isn't it? It's almost as bad as COVID. <laughs> <laughs> quite, bro. We've got to lock everyone down. Yeah. Um, and one noteworthy atrocity, if I should call it that, um, is the fact that Japan managed to become, during the Second Sino-Japanese War, the only country to ever cop a rape charge. Yeah. Like, full-on get a rape charge. Nice. Heard of a little thing called the Rape of Nanking? Oh, I think I have heard of that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. look, every country mm-hmm. massacres, every country enslaves and takes yeah. over. No other country in history have I ever seen get uh, given a rape charge. No. But Japan get the Rape of Nanking. <laughs> That's December the 13th, 1937. And it lasts for six weeks. Long old. That's a long old rape. <laughs> yeah, bruv. <laughs> like... I know the missus, get, stamina. the missus gets annoyed when I only last a few seconds, yeah. but six weeks, I think, should be a bit annoyed at that. I must have had a few blue pills. <laughs> so, in 1937, the Osaka, here's some atrocities from the rape of Nanking. Basically, what it was is, you know, Japan invade Nan- the Nanking area, yeah. but they go a little wild, bro. Yeah. They go a little hardcore. It's party time. It's party time. <laughs> Blurry party time. Spring break. Yeah. <laughs> when was it? December. Christmas holidays. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, New Year's. Yeah. In, in 1937, the Osaka Shinbum and its sister newspaper, the Tokyo Nichi Nichi Shinbum. <laughs> Nichi Nichi Shinbum. That, that weren't the guy that went in the woods, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Nichi Nichi Shitty Bum. He's the one who caused the rape. Do you know what I mean? Just because he couldn't fucking hold it in. What was that old toilet paper called? Um, Charming. 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 Yeah, Charming. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's named after him. Bro. Yeah, I reckon it is. So uh, these two <clears throat> newspapers covered a contest between two Japanese officers during the rape of Nanking. Toshiaka Mukai and Tiyoshi Noda, the Japanese 16th Division. The two men were described as vying to be the first to kill two up uh, to kill a hundred people with a sword before the capture of Nanjing. Oh, a competition in a newspaper, bro. What's that fucking TV program now? Takeshi's Castle. No, not that. <laughs> the um, go on. Oh fuck! I'm sure it's like Jesus fighting Chinese, over to kill hundred, something like that, and they they, they die. Squid Games, that was it. Yeah, that, <laughs> where is that? It's sort of like a. That's I've never Korean. seen. I've not I think seen it's it. Korea. Korea, is it? Yeah. yeah, I think so. That, sort of, but maybe not yeah. because this is just two dudes running about with a sword. Yeah, just no one just being really Squid Games, just cutting people up. Um, <laughs> from Jurong to Tangsheng, two cities in China, Mukai had killed eighty-nine people, while Noda had killed seventy-eight. The contest continued because neither had killed a hundred people. By the time they had arrived at Zijin Mountain, Noda had killed 105 people, while Makai had killed 106 people. Both officers supposedly surpassed their goal during the heat of battle, making it impossible to determine which officer had actually won the contest. <laughs> Therefore, according to journalists, on, de- um, on December 13th, they decided to begin another contest to kill 150 people. Fair enough. That's what you do, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing going on. It's like the achievements on Instagram. It's like, yeah, get yeah, 500 yeah. likes on that post. <laughs> and once you've got the 500, it's like, get 1,000. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> With a sword as well. Yeah. Fucking hardcore, bruv. It on... almost feels like, you know, like, 
when lads are walking around, how many girls you showed? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 10, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, 12, yeah. Goodness. yeah. What's your body count? Yeah, yeah well, that's it. <laughs> my body, my actual, I've got heads, bro. I've got a head count. <laughs> yeah. I've got them in a backpack. I've got the Swiss sword <laughs> to fuck with people. On 19th of December, 1937, the Reverend James M. McCallum wrote in his diary, I know not where to end. Never I have heard or read such brutality. Rape, rape, rape. We estimate at least a thousand cases a night and many by day. In case of resistance or anything that seems like disapproval, there is a bayonet stab or a bullet. People are hysterical. Women are being carried off every morning, afternoon and evening. The whole Japanese army seems to be free to go and come as it pleases and to do whatever it pleases. You can see why the Chinese population is so big now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dudes who walked real far, <laughs> walked real far, and they're horny now. Yeah. And they've got pixelated penises. <laughs> Shiro Azuma, a Japanese soldier, testified in a 1998 interview, when I tried to cut off the first one, either the farmer moved or I misaimed. I ended up slicing off just part of his skull. Blood spurred upwards. I swung again, and this time I killed him. We were taught that we were a superior race, since we lived only for the sake of a human god, our emperor. But the Chinese were not, so we held nothing but contempt for them. There were many rapes, and the women were always killed. When they were being raped, the women were human, but once the rape was finished, they became pig flesh. Mm. Yeah. So that's... Uh, that's the rape of Nanking, guys. Pretty horrific. Well, it's a bit of a wrong and party. Yeah. And then once you wake up the next day, you go, oh, oh did I see sh- that? Shouldn't have done that yeah. last night. Uh, the modern consensus of the massacre lays at around 200,000 dead in a matter of weeks. Fucking hell. I take it, who else, was there people reporting on this at the time? Oh, yeah, because like, they're so like the other the, countries knew. Yeah, so there was an area of Nan- in Nanking, I believe, um, where it was like a an area where a lot of foreign diplomats lived yeah. and a lot of fucking Westerners and people saw this and were like, yo, what the fuck? Chill the fuck out, yeah. guys. Calm the fuck down. So during this Second Sino-Japanese War, suffice to say, even with everything else going on in the world, um, the Western world are pretty disgusted with Japan right yeah. now. Um, yes, and, and of course the Sino, the like... Unit 731 weren't just around the, and the whole of the Second Sino-Japanese War kind of went on throughout World all War this, II. Yeah, yeah. So all these atrocities were still happening. Yeah. All throughout. Um, by 1938, Japan had, were depending on the US for a third of all its import, imports. So during all that time, during all of these horrors going on... America still had their finger in. Oh yeah, Japan are... Um, getting 74% of their scrap metal from the US, 60% of their uh, machine tools and all sophisticated alloys. By 1939, despite being sick of exporting copper, they still had to import 100,000 tonnes of copper, 93% of that from the US, and 86% of all their oil came from the US. So someone's making a pretty penny. Oh, yeah. The US pretty much gave Japan the lube to rape Nanking yeah. with, bruv. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
<laughs> fucked up, isn't it? You know, like, fucking crazy, bro. I gave him the Viagra as well, so I could keep it up. So. Yeah, keep it going. A little side note in 1939. Um, little kickoff happens. Oh, what's that? Germany and Russia yeah. invade Poland. And World War Two kicks off. Yeah, did they know it was called World War Two this time? I think they might have actually. It was just a yeah. Great War to the Second War One. Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the rest of the world are kind of preoccupied right now to deal yeah, with Japan. Bit busy. Bit busy. 1940, April. The United States move its Pacific fleet to Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. Nice place. Lovely, beautiful. The decision was made in response to growing tensions in the Pacific and the increasing threat of conflict with Japan. Several factors influenced the decision to relocate the fleet. In fact, it might be a deterrence. The move was intended to serve as a deterrent to a potential Japanese aggression in the Pacific. The US presence at Pearl Harbor was meant to discourage any Japanese attack. Hmm. So we might- yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's point all our navy at them. Um, it's also a strategic location. It offered a, um, a strategic location for the Pacific Fleet, provided a central position in the Pacific that allowed for easier deployment in response to the potential threats across the region. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and obviously, Japan are concerned about, uh, sorry, uh, America are concerned about Japan's expansionist policies yeah. in East Asia particularly an invasion on China and uh, France-occupied in, in, uh, Indochina. Yeah. So moving the Pacific Fleet to Pearl Harbor was sort of like literally just a strategic position against specifically Japan. Yeah. May 1940. And remember, at this point, 86% of U.S. citizens are didn't, like... Didn't no, want to join the war. No, they don't no. want to join the war. No. And um, FDR is even saying... Your boys will never fight in a foreign war. Yeah, yeah. That's how he got his election, wasn't it? Yeah, Franklin D. Yeah. Roosevelt was him saying that. Yeah. May 1940, Germany invades France and takes the entire country, Belgium and Holland, in six weeks. Some fucking good going. That's some it's good marching. crazy, isn't it? <laughs> That's quick marching, bruv. He'd heard about Napoleon's records and marching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I fucking beat that. Watch this. My boys can fucking... What's it called when you're like walking and running at the same time? Speed running. Speed running. Check yeah, this speed, speed walking, running yeah. shit. We speed That's march, start boys. It. Um, at that point as well, Germany are knocking pretty fucking loudly on Britain's door. Yeah. You know, Battle of Britain, fucking Blitz, all of it kicking off. Lighting up the skies. Lighting up the skies, <laughs> bruv. Sending the kids to the countryside. Hide them out. September 27th, 1940. Japan signed the Tripartite Pact with Germany and Italy. Ooh. Thus entering the military alliance. They swapped sides from the First World War because we pissed them off with yeah. the fucking racist... For being racist dicks to each other, yeah. yeah. Um, they formed the Axis... But by this point, I don't think I would want to be with mates with Japan after what's going on in Manchuria. No, but maybe they wouldn't have gone that far if we hadn't pushed if them we to were, it. We, were, we weren't rude yeah. to them. Yeah. They were like, oh, what? You guys think you're racist? Watch this. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this shit. This guy even looks like me a little bit. And check out what I'm going to fucking do to him. I ain't seen you English do this to a Frenchman before. Fucking fucked up, bro. 18th of February, 1941. Admiral Husband E. Kimmel, in charge of the naval forces station at Pearl Harbor, writes to the Chief of Naval Operations. I feel that a surprise attack, submarine, air, or combined, on Pearl Harbor is a possibility. And we are taking immediate practical steps to minimize the damage inflicted 
and to ensure that the attacking force will pay. Yeah. So it's almost is, like it was pre-planned. This is what you're thinking. You well, you know about the ships leaving as well. So like two of the or two or three of the biggest and most important U.S. Navy ships just happened to be out of the bay on seventh yeah, December. They just sailed off. Yeah. Almost like when you like didn't go to work on nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Yeah. July first. So this is Admiral Kimmel says that before July first, nineteen forty one, before the Export Control Act. Right. This is the act which gave the US government the authority to restrict the export of strategic minerals, including oil, to countries engaged in aggressive actions. The embargo significantly impacted Japan as it heavily relied on oil imports to sustain its yeah. industrial activities. So they put a stranglehold, trying to strangle Japan, basically. Took his lube off of them. Yeah. Look, you're not to be trusted with this shit anymore. <laughs> We're just going rough. <laughs> 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 so after that, on July 2nd, the day after, Japan hold an imperial conference. Yeah. A plan conceived by Japanese Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto is presented. The Pearl Harbor Plan. Six aircraft carriers and 400 of the most badass planes they've got to decimate the US Navy stationed at Pearl Harbor. The thing is, this dude's been wargaming um, this plan at like a secluded residence since all the yeah. way back in January. Were these later known as, was it the, the bomb plots? plan or something oh i don't know it was dividing up the island into like areas no that was a different one so that was like that was like a plan they had first i know exactly what you're talking about that was a plan they had first where they had they were going to hide all their ships attack the philippines lure the u.s to these islands and then pop out like haha motherfuckers Because they had this ship. One was called the Yamoto and the other was called the Musashi. And they're considered two of the greatest Navy battleships ever made in history, yeah. even today's standards. They were the largest. They had the longest range. Yeah. They were fucking incredible. And their plan was to use these bad boys and do a little sneak, like lure the yeah, US yeah. Navy into a sneak attack. They were like ninja style. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But Yamoto said, Yamamoto, not Yamoto, that's the name of the ship. Yamamoto the admiral said fuck all that I've got a plan a little sneaky sneak he'd been wargaming and practicing it all the way back in January he had a little warhammer board at his house <laughs> um, he'd invite German officials to check his sick gaming board and everything yeah like full on come have a, have a, have a little play lads have a little look at 731 while you're here yeah, yeah. check <laughs> this give shit give you some ideas you, you guys want some influence <laughs> yeah um, and he fucking loves this plan this guy right but here's the thing it's shot down Everyone thinks he's a mad bastard. Like, we ain't attacking... What? Yeah. You mental. But this dude is so vital to Japan's war machine, when he threatens to resign, unless they do the plan, everyone's like, yo, 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 chill, it's cool, we'll do your plan, dude, we'll do your plan. Yeah. He was about (laughs) to take the ball away, wasn't he? He was playing a game of football. Yeah. My ball. My ball, we won't do my plan, I'm I'm taking my war machine with me. (laughs) All the other blokes just stood there on the field, just like, oh. (laughs) Fuck. <laughs> he's just taking he's he's taking unit seven three one with him. <laughs> Don't let him near my sister. Twenty eighth of July, so not long after nineteen forty one, Japan begin to uh, Japan begins to invade Indochina. 
So this yeah. is at this point, mm. France have obviously <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Their Indochina, a lot of French territories and colonies in Indochina. This is like Indonesia, Burma, all of that. So they're just waving the flags as well. The easiest thing to do. I mean, they're not even really there now. Germany's fucked them completely. Yeah. So Japan just goes, I'll take this opportunity. Yeah. Mine, motherfucker. October 7th, 1941. Hideki Tojo is made Prime Minister of Japan. The year before, this dude, Tojo, he's the one... Uh, so I mentioned Admiral Husband, Kilner earlier. Yeah. In the episode um, picture... That's you, Admiral Kilner. <laughs> and this guy, Hideki Tojo, is the guy who's I've put my face on. He's made Prime Minister of Japan. The year before, he was made Minister of War. Mm-hmm. And before that, um, he had previously led forces. Guess where? Go on. In Manchuria. Hey. <laughs> part of the right party. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, he's a real war hawk, as they described back then. Yeah. But here's one thing, funny thing about him. One of the reasons people think he's so good at his job... Because he was just known for shit hot, uh, being shit hot at Excel. Like, yeah. he was really good at paperwork. Yeah. Like, he was <laughs> he boss man paperwork. He knew all the formulas. Yeah, everything. yeah, he knew. Add an extra column in. Yeah, Form. that's it. Quick handwriting and shit. Yeah. Quite the opposite of me. But, like, <laughs> it's still impressive. Quick handwriting. When my missus is on the laptop, she's got this word count thing. I don't know how many words per yeah. fucking second it is. Scudding through it. Yeah. A fucking cartoon character, and she's yeah, typing. I can't fucking. You know I mean? I've got one finger then. <laughs> old school dad bump. mode. Yeah. Click. click. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I only learned to type properly because of video games on laptops. It's a yeah. quality when you're using that. See, I was never really into the video I games. Was, you know, so I sort of quit. On the computers, it was like you had to use the keyboard WASD, and that sort of helped you learn to walk over the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still can't type that fast on nah. that thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah. Hideki Tojo takes power and uh, about a month later just over a month later on November 17th 1941 previously US intelligence radar had all of Japan's naval forces on lock but on November 17th on this day six aircraft carriers vanish from US radars is this war games or is this real? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> December 1st, 1941, Japan hold another imperial conference. The emperor tells the prime minister Hojo repeatedly before they do what is known as Operation Z, yeah. they got to warn the US as a surprise attack is mad dishonorable. Yeah. Mad dishonorable. You gotta give them at least thirty minutes notice, dude. It's literally what he says. <laughs> give them thirty minutes. You gotta give them thirty minutes. Or is it called Operation Z? Operation Z. Is not it went Z like Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the uh, what's it when Russia invaded Ukraine with all the Zs everywhere? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking, gotta give them at least thirty minutes warning. That's wild. Yeah. Give them thirty minutes. <laughs> well, now we only give four minute warnings. Don't yeah, we? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Thirty minute warning is a fucking big one. Um, a warning was actually sent before Pearl Harbor happened, by the way, but it just happened to arrive late, wink, wink. All oh, right. Yeah. Or someone ignored it. No, no, apparently, genuinely, oh, that's Japan. Wait. Came back and said, no, I'll fuck up. Um, some paperwork <laughs> fucked up and it arrived late. Our oh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? What, sent it by like, a letter? They or... sent some dudes, actually. It was some dudes they yeah. sent to the uh, two 
uh, their mm-hmm. ambassadors in the states in Washington. Yeah. They sent two hand in the letters, and they were like, "Yeah, we fucked up our bad. We did have the warning before we attacked, but." Well, they do it all fucking kicked off. Boom, 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 and they went his letter. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> That's exactly hell. what happened. So, on the morning of December seventh, nineteen forty-one, our day in history. Bam, 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 bam. Three a.m. to four a.m. Midget submarines with dead Japanese soldiers are discovered in Pearl Harbor Bay. The base gets put on alert, but still a bit confused. Like, why are they here? Why are there sub tiny like these mini subs? I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're just like coffins. Yeah. For like one dude. They only fit. Yeah. Was it one or two people inside them? Yeah. And they like these turn up in the in Pearl Harbor Bay, but with dead Japanese dudes inside, and they're like, the fuck is this? Yeah. Then at 6 a.m., six Japanese aircraft carriers, part of the first air fleet, launched their first wave of 183 aircraft fighters, about 230 miles north of Oahu. Oahu, I can't fucking... Oahu? Oahu, I think it is. Yeah, Oahu. 702, radar operators at Opana Point, Hawaii, detect incoming aircraft but mistakenly identify them as a flight of B-17 bombers yeah, expected they, from they the mainland. They phoned ahead, didn't they? The yeah. guys who found it phoned up the line Yeah. and said, oh, it's a load of fucking planes Look, coming up. Oh, it's to be yeah. Yeah, coming it's back. It's our boys. They're yeah. coming back <clears throat> home. Don't worry about it. Stop panicking. Yeah. Stupid boys. Fucking idiots, isn't it? <laughs> As um, the Japanese pilots flew in, there's stories of people who end up actually fucking waving at the Japanese pilots as they're flying in. <laughs> Because like they're flying so low, and the Japanese are looking out the Both window, waving at yeah. the fucking Americans, smiling and laughing. Yeah, when yeah, they smiling have their heads and laughing. Out the and That's shit. it. All yeah. of that shit. And the a lot of the people are just the US citizens, just confused when flying past, just start waving at them and shit. <laughs> Which again, mental. Well, prop. They had like the rising suns and that, like sort of yeah. underneath the wings. What a flag, that's... though. Yeah. You've seen that flag. Yeah, that flag will get you hyped, bro. Yeah. Like. You can't say that about, isn't it weird? You can't say that about Nazi Germany's flag. But you look <laughs> at Imperial Japan. Evil, it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you look at Imperial Japan's flag and you're you like, go, oh, yeah. fucking yes. I've got some MMA gloves, yeah. which I used to fucking spar with, was those flags. There's a couple of uh, motorbike bike races, race with it on that well, side. Yeah, of exactly. Like, yeah. Unit 731, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody looks at it like that. Some of the bike races are like kamikaze pilots as well. They fly <laughs> around the track. <laughs> So at uh, 7.55 a.m., the first wave of Japanese planes reach Pearl Harbor. The attack begins with a surprise assault by torpedo planes targeting the battleships. Um, the attack begins literally during a flag-raising ceremony. I heard about this. Do you know the Americans, they love that flag-raising yeah, ceremony. They yeah. love playing their national anthem. That's it, that's it. Did you hear about the band? Yeah, so the Yanks like absolutely love this shit, right? And the band actually... Don't stop playing yeah. the song when the attack happens. Did they even go off beat? No, they didn't. They actually end up finishing the song and the entire ceremony while being strafed with gunfire. Uh, and they like end up raising a flag with like fucking bullet holes playing the tune. Just sounded like a couple of like drum rolls in there. It was like... Yeah. <laughs> little but... drum solo in the background. <laughs> Who's letting the cheese grate through the hole of the flag, bruv? What's going on here? A couple of big bass drums in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute Donnies, though, for finish, finishing yeah. that, isn't they, though? Um, at this point as well is uh, that husband fella 
um, the admiral or the guy in charge of the base. Yeah. He then wakes up, comes out, and his, his from his uh, house, his room, he can see all of the Pearl Harbor Bay. He then comes out and starts watching it yeah. from his like garden area, and he's joined by his neighbour, who is like the wife of one of his chavies. And I just remember watching a part of like some. <laughs> I feel so bad from at this point because he's sitting there watching all this happen and shit in it. Yeah. Like fuck, I fucked up this job, and I. And the whole time, apparently, this little old deer standing next to him, like, oh, it looks like they're bombing the Arizona. Oh, it looks like this shit's going down. And apparently, he's at the time being like, yes, yes, yes I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, Worst, I can imagine that. Wouldn't it? It's like when, I, like, sometimes in people's houses doing work. And yeah, yeah. Oh, be careful of that. Like, no, I know. I do it every day. Except you're watching all your boys be bombed. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. yes, worse. I'm, yeah, I'm very aware that that's, we're fucked. Oh, yeah, I might lose my job. Um, at 8.06, the battleship USS Arizona is hit by an armor-piercing bomb, triggering a massive explosion and sinking. So this was supposed to be the proper, like... Big boy ship. Uh, yeah. The explosion was so large, it was described as more of a whoosh than a bang. It jumped up in the air and broke into two. Yeah. An explosion so large, the shockwave blew out the flames of a ship next to it on fire. That's not all bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Made a fire, put out a fire. You know what I mean? Got to break some eggs. Look at the positive. (laughs) 810, the second wave of Japanese planes consisting of 170 aircraft takes off from the carriers. At the same time at 810, the battleship USS Oklahoma is hit by multiple torpedoes, causing it to capsize. Five minutes later, 815, Japanese aircraft target airfields, hangars and other military installations in in addition to the battleships. By 830, the USS Nevada trying to escape the harbour it's heavily damaged and deliberately grounded to avoid blocking the harbour entrance. Yeah. 9.45, the first wave of the attack concludes and a brief lull occurs. Not a lull. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not that. More everyone just being like, fuck was that? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Especially the kids who just woke up. And, oh, yeah. Imagine that. Oh, mate. He's literally rubbing his eyes going, is this real? Yeah, it was a fuck. And some old dears... Oh, you know, they're fucking, they're bombing us, you know. No shit, Deirdre. <laughs> fucking hell, you'd be pissed at her, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, She's got a right hook. <laughs> <laughs> An hour, 15 minutes later, after the uh, first uh, attack concludes, the second wave of the attack arrives, targeting the remaining ships and facilities. By an hour later, the attack concludes, leaving a significant portion of the US Pacific fleet damaged or destroyed. From here, on their way home, the Japanese pilots hear over the radio the general in charge of the attack shout. I can't remember what it is in um, Japanese, but in English it translates to Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. And that was the code name that the sneak attack had been successful. Ah, nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I've got some little interesting facts for what happened during it. Kimmel, so that's husband Kimmel, yeah. the the guy in charge, stood by the window of his office at the submarine base, his jaw set in stony anguish as he watched the disaster across the harbour unfold with terrible fury. A spent fifty caliber machine gun bullet 
crash through the glass. It brushed the admiral before it clanged to the floor. It cut his white jacket and raised a welt on his chest. He's quoted as saying, it would have been more merciful had it killed me. Yeah, because then he could have died a hero too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I died in it as well. <laughs> I was there too. I didn't just stand by and watch everyone else die. <laughs> Another great story from December 7th, I find, is um, that evening after the Pearl, Har- Har- um, Pearl Harbor attacks, it's quoted that Winston Churchill is to, is to have said, that night I slept the sleep of the saved because uh, he knew that they were coming he knew that the U- the US boys would now back him up yeah December 8th 1941 the United States declares war on Japan one day after the attack on Pearl Harbor so this was the vote that went through Congress I assume so yeah, yeah. so it was like go on you got some stuff on uh, that just right just one little thing on it go on it was 388 to 1 ooh who's the, the one the one was a woman called (laughs) Jeanette Rankin. Oh. And her vote apparently led to hissing from all of her peers. Yeah, I can assume so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So all the newspapers and everyone still had it in for women around that time. Yeah. Because all the newspapers put, uh, a woman is the only dissenter as Congress declares war. She replied, they were trying to get her to change her mind, so it was like complete. And she said, as a woman, I cannot go to war and I refuse to send anybody else. Okay, no, That's fair play good, to her. There. Yeah, fair play That's to her. I like that. Yeah, fair play to her. Yeah, I, get, I dig that. Fair play to her. Um, yeah, uh, uh, December 11th, so a few days after the United States declare war on Japan, Germany and Italy declare war on the US. And then okay, that's yeah. now They're World War now. II is in full swing. Because <clears throat> yeah. at this point... By the US getting involved, it's global. Yeah, that's everyone. That's absolutely every, every region, continent. Yeah, yeah, involved in World War Two, and that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's our Pearl Harbor episode, history of Imperial Japan, some naughty shit they did, and the, and the beginning of the end of their empire. Do you think? I was thinking about this the other day. Go on. In a roundabout way. Yeah. You know how my conspiracy mind works. Yeah. Do you think somebody else could have egged the Japanese on to do the attack to get the Americans involved? Thousand percent. But from our side. I don't know about us and the British particularly. Yeah. But the Americans almost egged it on themselves by taking yeah. away the oil. I yeah. know after something like Nanking and Unit Seven Three One, you're going to be taking their oil off them. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't take their oil off of them for a few years until after those yeah, things. Yeah, they let them carry on. To let them carry on doing a few other naughty things before, and if there's anything that you know is going to piss them off, is taking away so their oil. If eighty six percent of their oil comes them, yeah. from you, so I know they. W- so it's almost inviting them to attack, especially moving your ships to Pearl Harbor, yeah. pointing them at the Japanese, and then going, and ah, now we're taking the oil. Yeah. So there was a, a thing from a guy. It was Henry Stimson. Okay, he was a secretary of war. Yeah, and he is. He was quoted saying. The question was, how should we manoeuvre them into firing the first shot? It was yeah. desirable to make sure the Japanese be the ones to do this, so yeah. that there should remain no doubt as to who were the aggressors. Yes. They wanted to be in it. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. And it would have been, obviously, we know that war benefits. 
you know the winners obviously yeah, but like the big countries especially something like america their industries fucking love war Halliburton, all those boys yeah fucking love it oh, it was um ig farben that was um giving gases and stuff to oh, was it? adolf and that's where george bush's granddad i think it was, was there you involved. go but yeah. So yeah, they were funding both sides more than that little bit of extra cred, bro. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's wild, some wild shit there. I liked. Um, I found another thing about the first Japanese or the US's first Japanese prisoner of war. Oh, okay. He was one of the guys on the uh, midget subs. Oh, was he? This is Kazuo Sakamaki. Okay. And he approached in a midget submarine. Yeah, but he ran aground on the Waimanello Beach. Okay, so this is around, of the yeah, island, near yeah, Pearl Harbor and that. About 20 miles from it. Yeah. Um, he then tried to blow the submarine up, but the charges didn't go off. Oh, so shit. So he swam back underneath the submarine to try and investigate, but he passed out. Oh, and shit. And then he was found by a US soldier, David Aki, and... Uh, and then the Japanese high command struck his name off the records and told his family that he'd been killed. Oh, but fuck. But he was, he was actually, like, just in prison. Yeah. And he lived right up to, like, I think it was 81 or something. Damn. Yeah. Well, they, they, those dudes live old. Like, Japanese yeah. dudes live till old, bro. Was it at the end of the war, Japanese on some islands didn't... Surrender. They surrendered or something. Yeah, still yeah, going, yeah. like, 30 years later. Yeah, still going for a long old time. Yeah. Bruv, look, 2,500-year-old royal family. Yeah. An <laughs> island that has never been... Aid- and still, never been invaded. Yeah. Unless you count nuclear bombs as an invasion. Well, big booms, big not invasions. Booms. Yeah, they didn't... They, no, they weren't an invasion. There's no, foot, no feet on the ground. No. It's like you can... Like, the Germans didn't invade us. Yes, in the same principle, yeah. concept. Yeah, no, they bombed the fuck out of us. Bombed the fuck out of didn't us. Didn't actually invade. Did no, they? I mean the US did more than bomb the fuck out of. They bombed, <laughs> yeah. they bombed the war out of Japan. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Did bombed you, them um, into Hello Kitty, bro. Did you hear about all of the uh, sets of brothers that was on all the ships? What at Pearl Harbor? Yeah, no. There was like uh, thirty-seven uh, sets of brothers on all the ships, like, based off. across all the ships. Wow. And uh, 23 sets of brothers died. Ooh. Yeah. So it become a thing after they were tried to make it a thing that now brothers wouldn't be deployed with each other. Yeah, near each other. So if something dies, yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Because I remember I went to some uh, war graves in Belgium yes. from First World War yes. stuff. And you'd literally go up to some of the uh, monuments and stuff. Yeah. And there's just lists of the same surname oh, all the way through. And you're like... I mean, you don't necessarily that's know. Entire like, that could have been uncles, cousins, yeah. brothers. Like, well, back in, in the day, like World War One pre and all yeah. that, like your unit would be the boys from your town. Yeah, that's it. Your regiment you know is that. Yeah, yeah. Your regiment is your homies. Yeah. So when you, you see all their names, there, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's cousins, uncles. That's it. So they try. They did say they tried to change that, but during World War Two, it was just like everybody. Oh damn. What was there anyway? Oh yeah, everyone's there anyway. But yeah, yeah so then after Pearl Harbor is when they stop putting brothers near each other, which yeah, makes sense. Basically, that's a cool one. That's but a yeah, cool one. There's a few like conspiracy around it, there's things like that as well. Like they reckon, oh, they did see the um, ships coming on the radars and things. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, some some of the Japanese. Well, just the fact that they lost sight of them. They yeah, knew where they were, and then suddenly, and where moved, are they gone? Yeah, and they moved them two ships away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like the two of the most important mm. ships in the U.S. Navy yeah. just happened to leave Pearl Harbor that morning. Yeah. And like, 
Do you think you should you could have seen time. and heard planes coming a bit quicker than pretty loud, didn't they? Yeah. So I was watching that documentary earlier, and that guy was like, "Oh, it was the lookout that day." <laughs> yeah, he did a great like, job. Fucking hell, bro! <laughs> Wouldn't be admitting that. It's the last thing I'd admit. I was the lookout that day. Uh, he was looking the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. I was actually uh, chatting to my mate, not doing my job at all, having a fucking chuff on a fag. <laughs> Suddenly, a Japanese ship flew by low, low. <laughs> fucking hell, bro! Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Sorts it out. But like also moving like the ships down to Pearl Harbor, like if you weren't in the war, yeah. Like the Japanese didn't wouldn't have been able to get to America, would they? No. Straight from there? No. Hawaii like Hawaii is the closest And that was point. only a territory at the time, it wasn't even yeah. a state. Yeah. So like that's a long old way for the Japanese to go without being uh found out they were trying to get to the actual mainland. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, funnily enough, the, 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 not a lot of people knew this. I didn't know this until recently. Japan did invade mainland America. Did they? They landed troops in Alaska. Oh, did they? Yeah, nice. there was a few things in Alaska. Nice. Crazy dudes. That is crazy. Can't say crazy dudes with a smile on our face after reading about <laughs> Unit 731. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. Got... S- samurais are cool. Samurais are cool, but <laughs> 731, nah. Nah. <laughs> 